Hello, 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 and welcome back to SpoilerCast, the Hungry Gamers offshoot that aims to inform, entertain, and hopefully educate you all on one particular release from within the geek and gaming culture universe. And on this episode, we are tackling a game that was released on the 9th of November to much critical acclaim, earning a Metacritic score of 94 out of 100. Developed by Santa Monica Studio and published by Sony, this spoiler cast sees us traversing the nine realms in the follow-up to 2018's God of War. We're talking about none other than God of War Ragnarok. And a quick little setting, a quick little update on where this game is from a narrative perspective. It goes as follows. Embark on an epic and heartfelt journey as Kratos and Atreus struggle while withholding on and letting go. Against a backdrop of Norse realms torn asunder by the fury of the Aesir, They've been trying their utmost to undo the end times, but despite their best efforts, Fimblewinter presses onward. Witness the changing dynamic of the father-son relationship as they fight for survival. Atreus thirsts for knowledge to help him understand the prophecy of Loki, as Kratos struggles to break free of his past and be the father his son needs. See for yourself how fate will force a choice upon them, between their own safety or the safety of the realms all the while hostile as guardian forces assemble and listeners i'm your extremely humble host brendan white you can find me just about everywhere at brendan 8 bits and joining me today on this spoiler cast journey is the australian version of sindri and brock you can find them on the socials at Jono himself and at ben mcj obviously we're talking about Jono peck and benny mcjanet welcome to the forge boys how you doing pretty good boy pretty good i feel like I'm going to assume yeah, I'm Brock. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely assuming. Yeah, I'm Brock. You know, yeah. Pairing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it went without saying when I, when I went with uh, those monikers. I, I figured you'd just uh, assume that mantle and, uh, you know, take that sort of title admirably because uh, there's a lot of Brock in your mannerisms and yeah. uh, general well-being. And, you know, that's that's not a shot to you or Brock. I think you're a beautiful character, whichever mm. side of this coin we're talking about. But, yeah, boys, we are here talking about the biggest game or one of the biggest games you could say of 2022 the Mm follow-up to 2018's massive hit obviously we're talking about god of war ragnarok and my goodness gracious what a journey we've all been on together and indirectly experiencing this game we've been sort of chipping away at this game over the last week or so since it's released to much critical acclaim but uh let's let's jump in and maybe start talking about our general thoughts and and what we thought about the game. How was our experience? So, Jono, I'll throw it over to you, young squire. Let us know what you thought or what you think about God of War Ragnarok. Uh, what, what can I say? This is a, such a fantastic video game out of Santa Monica Studio. Uh, I went in blind to this. Like, you know, after the first trailer, I was like, of course, this game's coming. I'm not going to watch any more about it. I just don't want to know anything that's happening. And it really delivered on what they set up in that first game i think the the first game in 2018 like it showed a lot of restraint but also like there were limitations where they didn't have that many characters and like they didn't take you to all the locations that you maybe hoped that you were going to get to as far as those nine realms goes so so this time around they delivered on everything that was set up particularly with the ending of god of war 2018 um, we got to see behind the curtain. We got to meet everyone that we wanted to meet and see all the cool extra locations uh, that this game has to offer. And yeah, I had such a, a great time. 42 hours was my 
playtime before credits rolled. So I did quite a bit of everything before feeling towards the end I had to get the thing finished so we could talk about it here. But yeah, I can't wait to talk about the rest of this game. I'm, I'm with you, Benny. What about yourself? I see you also went in sort of equally as blind with yeah. uh, Ragnarok on, on the similar similar beat to, to Jono there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's pretty much the same thing. I mean, I knew the game was coming. I knew I was going to play it. I, I was I was sold before, like from the first try. I was like, oh, yep, it's more God of War. I wasn't expecting it this year, if I'm going to be completely honest. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was still expecting it even like a month out from release. I was thinking this is probably still get delayed till next year. But uh, no, they got it out and holy crap. Um, yeah, it's, it's goddamn, it's impressive. Um, but like, yeah, I, I haven't watched any of the trailers besides I think one the, the first announcement not even the first announcement trailer because that was just literally just a screen grab with the Omega symbol and it just said Ragnarok. But, like, I think there was one trailer I remember watching, but I, I don't remember any of the details. So I'm, I'm very cautious of what we say that could be spoilerish because I just don't remember what was in trailers and what wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and But, yeah, this game is just huge. Mm. It's so big. It's, it's deceptively huge. I, I keep using that term deceptively because every time you you think the, the world or the game itself can't get any bigger. Like you just surprised and find something else. new. And it, literally, even now I finished the game. I went into one area and I was like, Oh shit, there's a whole nother area behind this yeah. other area. Um, like it just keeps on surprising me with how big this game really actually is. I think, I think the first game I counted like eight or nine characters, not including the quest mm. givers who were like ghosts and spirits. And like, yep. that was it. Because you heard people talked about, or you didn't see them, you heard their voice. This time there was like yeah. thirty or forty named characters with voice lines um, and stories that go deep. They weren't just kind of like you know they pop up and that's it. Uh, so they really yeah they went yeah. all in with uh, with that totally and totally and like and that's the thing is I, mean, I found myself while I was playing this going going shit I, I kind of wish I spent a lot more time in the end game of the first one from because. One, it's been a few years, so I kind of wish I went back and played it for a start just to refresh myself. But also just that I wish I kind of did a bit more closer to the 100% than what I did because I remember I played it, the first one, going, oh, look, they've got all these other realms they haven't opened up. They're probably going to release it as (laughs) DLC. I'll come back then when the DLC comes out and it never came out. This is it. This is the DLC. This is the deal. Yeah. Uh, So (laughs) there was that. And also... The last thing that really... I, I had some really big expectations for the father-son story <laughs> in this. Um, and spoilers for God of War 2018, but if you're listening to this, I'm going to assume you've played the first one from 2018. Yeah, I hope so. Um, my, my cat being named Loki and having a very father-son relationship with him in my own way, being a cat dad, um, the last game's ending really hit hard for me when you find out his name's Loki and all that's, well, that's what his mother wanted to call him. Um, so I, I came into this one having really big expectations for how this Loki character would play out. So, yeah, um, but, yeah, it's, it's like like you said, it's it's just awestruck. It's, it's just amazing. Yeah, it's um like like I think you said you rolled credits at about thirty six hours or thirty six and a half. I think no, it was literally thirty five hours, fifty eight minutes, and something seconds. It was that close to thirty six okay. hours. <laughs> yeah, and so so Jono, you rolled it. You said yeah. forty two. I was at thirty two and a half to to roll the 
the the main story obviously i've, I've got a lot more um exploration and, and quest to, to to finish and wrap up over the coming weeks and months but uh yeah like the word you just mentioned there benny i was awestruck and just emotional just about the entirety of that 32 hour journey like mm. the highs the lows the, the like i was laughing at times i was upset and sad at times i was angry and frustrated at times whether that be from like a, a big twist in the story or just genuinely hitting a couple of difficulty curves with fights that just whooped my ass over and over <laughs> and i sort of had to have a break and reset and get back into it but this game like you both have said it builds on everything that the 2018 release did and then adds more and more and more like mm. the scope of this game is unlike anything or just about anything I've ever played. Like recency bias aside, this game is epic in scale. The the quality and the things we'll, we'll jump into some more of the finer details um, as we record term this potty. Epic is yeah. is is super spot on because and I've used this to describe it to other people as well. And I was saying the game is just epic. It is basically it's it's on Marvel's Endgame level of epic. In mm. terms of you know story and design, and that's what it feels. Especially when you you play roll credits on it, like you get to the end of the the game, um, it gets to that sort of end game level of epicness. Yeah, the the only game that I can think that comes close to me from just this sense of scale and just like holy moly, this world is huge, the characters are larger than life, everything's memorable is Elden Ring. So it's crazy that two games have come out that are both you know, littered with a bit of fantasy, depending. And obviously this is more based in mythology and whatever else where Elden Rings, a lot of it's all just fabricated, but there is similar similar beats and, and just worlds to explore and just that mysticism and just huge, grand, <coughs> epic scale. And yeah, this, this game is a very, very special game. I didn't know Elden Ring had narrative. <laughs> it does, it does. It's, it's, it's a more subdued way of telling story, that's for mm. sure. Like this, there's not many uh, NPCs you've got rolling with you just having random discussions and pouring their heart out in stories and things as you go. But there is a story to be told and it's a pretty special story in Elden Ring, but this is just next level storytelling. And um, maybe we can sort of pivot into sort of the whole, uh, you know, story, voice work, music combination, just to sort of show our thoughts or share our thoughts as far as what we thought about the story that, that played out in our respective run-throughs and also the other parts that create this whole thing with, yeah, the the voice work, the animation, the music, everything like that. So, JP, over to you. Yeah, I mean, what can we say? It's it's phenomenal. Like, epic is the word that's been thrown around and that is exactly <clears throat> the way that it plays out. Like, you have this, you know, without spoiling anything, just this, you know, the game's called Ragnarok, so where do you think it's, it's going to end up? But... Uh, it it's a progression from one thing to the next that escalates as you go, and you know you're, you're kind of cringing as this certain decisions are made, and um, the surprises that just constantly keep you on your toes as far as like the way that different characters interact and get introduced into the story or, or leave the story. Uh, they really just kept things ticking along i felt like there were times where it did drag because of that longer length uh you know 42 hours is a long time for a uh fairly linear story to be told um you're just getting through the opening in valhalla mate like that's uh this is child's play compared to assassin's creed right. and that was the, 
that was but I'm with you. The, I'm with you. It can be a lot to yeah, consume. Obviously, a big problem with uh, with Valhalla. But anyway, like I, I can yeah. see, like there were times where it was like, okay, uh, this section's going a bit longer than I kind of want it to. But then at the same time, I do see the purpose behind each of those decisions to elongate certain moments because the result is that you get a very deep story and you get very fleshed out characters as i mentioned before like everyone in this game has a like they play into the key themes of the story which is about trust Mm. and about like family and um you know the search for the truth versus safety and security and like there's there's all this stuff that's in there and everyone's kind of got their own ambitions and their own reasons for doing things and you wouldn't get that if it was half the length which i guess the first game was probably 25 to 30 hours compared to the 40 to 50 depending on (coughs) what you do in the game i'm not getting emotional i'm just kind of sick so that's why my voice is cracking occasionally i think it's a bit of both (laughs) don't lie um, yeah I, i think that those themes were really well delivered on the music takes you straight into that world with some of the the epic amazing uh norse uh, inspired vocals and instrumentation it's it's uh, it's so so good and i think that um it's you know it's a game that we'll reflect on because of the expertise in the voice work the perform like the motion capture uh the voice cast itself is fantastic. Um, there's some very well experienced voice actors in here. Um, Emily Rose, who people know as Eleanor in Uncharted, makes an appearance. Ryan Hurst is obviously got a, a pretty impressive Hollywood IMDb. Richard Schiff, like it, it goes on and on. Where it's just you might not, they might not be household names, but they're all voices that come up, and you're like. Maybe I recognize it or I don't, but it's I, it's so well delivered that I feel like I've heard it somewhere, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I, I completely mm. understand what you're saying there. Like the, 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 the money that they would have shelled to put this cast together for both the voice and the motion capture is very impressive. Like it, it's on the, the levels of, of like a, a pretty big Hollywood film in, to some degree. There's a lot of people that are in the periphery like... Brett Dalton, who does um, Freya's sort of kicked around a little bit here or there. Deborah Ann Wall, obviously mm. from uh, Daredevil and True Blood is the thing I always think of her from as yeah. the, uh, the attractive redheaded femme fatale there. And then um, even Milana um, Vaintrup, who is the like the face of one of the, the telephone commercials over in America all the time. But she was also in... She's been in um, Borderlands and stuff too. Yeah, yeah. Um, what is she? She's done some acting. Very, very talented, but uh, yeah, it's mm. it's certainly um, anchored though by Christopher Judge and mm. and Sonny Suljic as yep. uh, Kratos and Atreus because those two, so you're spending your the entirety of the game with with the mixture of those two characters and they just mm. have such a commanding presence, like especially Kratos and Christopher Judge and just that depth in his voice, like. It's gone a few octaves deeper from 2018's release, but it just manages to grab you even more or even quicker, at least for me. Like, and it's nice to see, like you, you were sort of saying, I can't remember if it was before we started recording at the jump here, JP, but you were sort of saying 
he has less dialogue than in the first one, but I think what he says in this in this game is more impactful because he yeah. is bearing his soul yeah. and sort of humanizing himself in a little bit of a way. And then seeing Atreus become become of of age, you know, he's he's a he's a young teenage boy now, yeah. so you're dealing with all that rapscallionness of it. And and you know, we've all been teenage boys, we know better, and and you can see a lot of the things he does. And I'm like. You're being a little dick right now, but you know what? I would be probably doing the exact same thing if I was you. So it's yeah. it's really, really well done. The first time he spoke, I was like, oh, his voice is deeper. And I remember like they had issues in the first game because his voice was breaking during the development. So they had to like, prob- they probably had, Just well, they probably the had balls. to <laughs> get back up there. Probably had to record his lines <laughs> more times than, than usual to, to get it all rushed and finished in time before it completely went deep but uh yeah it was jarring to go straight to that and then to hear his his prepubescent voice occasionally in flashbacks and mm-hmm. stuff yeah he's a, he's a young man in ragnarok but uh yeah that that combination of elite voice acting with that just grand symphonic musical scale like every time you hear some of those like throat singing noises or just some of like the brass or the wind instruments and you're just like oh shit something big's coming there's a big moment here and even when those moments are big and huge it just lifts it even more like i know epic is is the word we keep throwing around here but it just all goes together to just create this sense of scale that is just so unique and i was all for it every step of the way uh benny what else you wanted to add throw throw your thoughts in on on these just adding on to the voice cast and things like that i i I think we need to give a special shout out to danielle basuti for freya especially just her performance is so so good Mm -hmm. uh there's just the especially at the start of the game which and there's no spoilers from here because it's i i think it's pretty much in a trailer uh, but she's still on a path of revenge and everything like that. So just the the sheer madness in her character and the performance that she gives is just incredible. Um, yeah. And I think she's been snubbed for um, the Game of the Year. Not Game of the Year. What Game it? Awards. The Game Awards. Nod, nods for the like best performance stuff. I think she got snubbed a little bit there, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, it'd end up being the entire cast. They got two in true. there. Two out they of did the get five, two I think. and like two very deserving ones, but I think she got snubbed out a little bit there too because I think she deserved to be there. Yeah, I um, agree. But yeah, I, I, and again, um, without spoiling the character that they play, Mina Sundwell, I, I really liked her performance as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I I think you guys kind of already hit a lot of the nails on the head there. The only thing that and we've already talked about about Atreus being, you know. He just really gave me the shits. <laughs> I was like, God damn it, this is not my Loki. Piss off, <laughs> little shit. <laughs> There's so many moments I was like, fucking hell, shuck up. <laughs> oh, he, he wasn't that bad. Like, I've seen a lot of that on, on the Twitters, actually. Like, there has been yeah. a lot of people saying either uh, shots directly towards Atreus or I wish you could mute the NPCs or your companions. That was what I was seeing a lot of. Especially there's, a, there's chunks in the early game when you're still looking for Tyr as well. He would just not shut up about Tyr. And, oh, oh, maybe, like, because you... And I, don't, I try not to spoil it, but the area that you're going through. So, oh, there's a door here. Maybe he's behind this door. And he says the same thing, like, four times. And, like, Atreus, shut the fuck up. He's just an excitable teenager. <laughs> he, he's he on is. an adventure. He's excited. Like, it was annoying, but I'm like... I sort of I didn't I didn't let that uh, 
can, that hatred consume me. I'm just like, he's annoying, but yeah, like, I got I'll past it. But that section, that one section when we're still searching for Tear, and he's like, oh, what do you think's going to happen? And he's just like, dude, just chill, bro. It's immersive. <laughs> <laughs> take, take a lesson from your old man. <laughs> That's the thing is like, be silent, be Kr- stoic. Kr- Kratos is, I do like yeah. that part of this game, though, right? Where, where the characters, you're having these interactions that aren't like linear discussions it feels like like yeah they they do trigger when you get to certain parts of the game yeah. and, and a talking point will, will occur or a bit of banter between characters but i like that it wasn't always just the same dozen lines recycled over and over like the the sheer amount of voice worse work they must have recorded in the development of this game would be astounding because there's so many discussions and so many little things where they just start talking about lore for this character or this in this yeah. thing that happened in history. And it's, I loved it. I was just sitting back a few times, yeah. just listening to people go yeah. on tangents while you're rowing oh, the boat or walking up a hill. times where you're sitting there on, on the boat or something like that and at, the, shore. at yeah. the dock, ready to get off, but they're telling, talking a story, then you're like, I just want to listen to this until the end. You're like, oh, wow, it's actually yeah. quite long. Mm-hmm. Um, just on that note, uh, like one of my favourite story well, it's not really story beats but one of like the famous uh, favorite bits with the talking in, in between sections and when you're traveling um is Mimir trying to work out uh what Kratos's favorite riddle is I won't spoil it but like that that's like some of the best stuff I think <laughs> Mimir's a great companion Mimir was so yeah. good more lines than any other character in this game I reckon because it's just with you always yeah. like oh, most yeah. of the time all right, let's let's shift gears because we could sit about sit here and talk about how great the voice work is for the next seven days. Otherwise, yeah. But let's let's shift into sort of the the gameplay, puzzles, combat, weapons, all of the above. Let's just throw it all in in this uh, you know Norse shaped melting pot and um, you know throw some non spoiler related thoughts around. So JP, throwing the Leviathan yeah. next to you. I, I liked that the you know having multiple weapons as as you do in the first game means that you're constantly unlocking new abilities and constantly mastering new abilities and you know you might lean heavily onto a certain playstyle then you get armor that that um is you know giving you an advantage in a different statistic or a different ability or a different area so it kind of keeps you adapting and changing up your your move set or your approach to to combat which is cool and and you know having having companions that have mm. different abilities as well it's another wrinkle and they just keep throwing these wrinkles in there to change things up and i thought that mm. compared to the first game just going through with atreus and his his bow and arrow the whole time at your side like there was so much more variety than that this time um mm-hmm. as far as the gameplay like you know god of war 2018 is is a masterclass of of i think combat and how it how it feels to to wield a weapon and to to feel powerful and the sound design that accompanies those animations that makes it just feel so good and that certainly progressed in this game like with the the extra move sets that you have and the enemy variety like the the first game you know there's a lot of Draugr or zombie, whatever, like, you know, Norse zombies to take out. Uh, they added so many more enemies this time around. And the boss fights as mm. well, on top of that, you know, the, the, oh. the, the first <laughs> the first oh. game, it was a lot of trolls. And they, and they made fun of that early in the game about, like, oh, there's no trolls around. like, And I pissed myself laughing at that because <laughs> I'm like, yes, I love the meta-ness. Yeah, the first game, it's like, how many times do you want to see a, a big wooden... Or a big like stone get driven into a 
a troll's face in the the death animation and you know it's still pretty cool to watch but after you've fought like an, an ice troll and a fire troll like how many different kinds of trolls are they going to throw out there this time around the enemy variety was almost never you know for, for a named boss it was never the same multiple times basically even the ones that looked similar had different um approaches and uh, fighting styles oh. uh so i thought that they did a fantastic job with that and each of the story boss fights again it never felt like you knew exactly what to do when the fight started you had to learn their uh rhythms and their different uh, tendencies and it, it just made it interesting and exciting to begin a boss fight it was never like oh here's another one um so i i think that that they did a fantastic job with that and you know tying the story into those fights always made them feel again epic um so really take my hat off to the team with what they accomplished around that the puzzle side of things uh i think sometimes i you know i actually felt like there was both too many puzzles and too much combat at certain points where you like sometimes you just mm-hmm. wanted to explore or get through an area, especially in the late game. Yeah, and I, I or we could maybe talk about it a bit more in the spoiler sure. section. But the the area that I'm up to at the moment, because there's not just one set of puzzles, it's like it's like doubled due to right. reasons, which we'll talk about later. But essentially, it's just doubling the workload. Yeah, it, it, it can be a bit frustrating when you're trying to get to the next story beat mm. and it's like, slow down, stop, here's a puzzle. Not that you ever spend a really long time on a puzzle because the NPCs will tell you how to solve it, which some yeah. people find annoying. I found it great because I don't want to spend any more time on a puzzle than I have to. Um, oh, I like the ones where they're like, oh, you need to do this. And I'm like, no shit, Sherlock, <laughs> but how? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, the puzzles, um, yeah, it, it felt like complete lockstep with you boys mm. there where it felt there was times where they were just shoehorning that in to pad it out a little bit more or another yeah. wave of enemies where because these environments are so gorgeous in their own unique and diverse ways, there is just times where I just wanted to, yeah, just walk and experience these partners. Like, oh, no, here's another wave of drag or here's another wave of this random little creature that throws yeah. acid balls at me and whatever. I was like, piss off. Where do you keep coming oh, from? Oh, they're the ones that shoot the acid balls. Oh, I hated them so much. Yeah. yeah. Oh. But um, the, the puzzles, I, I liked that the game could tell when you couldn't quite work out what you were doing. Yeah. You'd have your companion go, Oh, hit that or do this. And I'm like, and then like the penny would drop for me most of the times. So I'm like, okay, thank you. Because I've been running around here aimlessly for like two minutes and I'm getting frustrated mm-hmm. and I can't find the next step, but they're all the same, but ever so slightly different as well. The puzzles, which, you know, I, I guess it's nice because it builds a little bit of muscle memory in you doing them. But at the same time, I wouldn't have mind a little bit more variety instead of just hitting a spin wheel to rotate uh, a bit of wood across that I could then traverse or freezing a cog. Like maybe mm. expand on that a little bit more and, and they open up the world in other ways um, through other things in the game, but it's it's a very small loop as far as the puzzling yeah. goes, but the combat is mm, so there tight. There are a lot of different puzzles, but they tend to clump them in different areas. So, you, you know, like Niflheim yeah. has the ones where you got to hit the three things with the same shot and then you've got puzzles where you got to you know throw the axe off a surface to 
you know, to, so, yeah. so they did vary it up, and I appreciate it. Well, that, that's what I was actually gonna, I was gonna complain about. There's, 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 in terms of puzzles, there's these ones where you, just, it's not like you're having an aha home, <coughs> like an aha moment to like work out like the solution. It's you have to either a time it perfectly to you know hit the right angle, or the right target at the right time, or b you have to you know. Um, line it up so precise like there's one of those ones where you have to hit the three targets in a row at the same like in the one throw there's one of them where it was actually you have to throw it and try and get it to hit the three targets on the way back when you're returning the axe that one gave me the shits i'm like this is just annoying i don't i'm not enjoying this i'm just annoyed i got it eventually like 10 15 minutes of trying to get it but like i it just more it was more annoying because it's like i i can see the solution it's just a mm. pain in the ass i think the big takeaway is a consensus here that uh no, there's a good amount of puzzles but maybe less would be more and i never had an issue with any of the story puzzles well I, I off the top of my head i from the main story puzzles i didn't think i don't think i had any issues with them i i, I solved them relatively quickly they're all pretty fine. I think there's only one I'm thinking of where there's a couple of statues you have to like move around the right way to get the reflective services to mm. line up, where that one kind of annoyed me a little bit. But I, I made my way through all that sort of stuff pretty quickly. It's the extra puzzles in the side quests and things like yeah. that. I think they're the more <laughs> difficult ones um, and the ones that are a little bit more time-consuming, which is fine because, again, it's, it's side quests. But at the same time, I'm, I'm saying that it's the ones where it's like you've got to get your timing and, and your aim like spot on that are just just incredibly frustrating. And like that kind of spot down to like the Odin's ravens as well when they're flying around, you're trying to throw your axe at the ravens. Yeah, throw like, all them in the bin. Those stupid green birds. The, the I'm num- done with them. Like you'd spend, you'd see one, and just you're walking past in a story mission. You're like, oh. Oh, I'm just going to get this raven real quick, and then you spend like five minutes trying to line up your shot perfectly with yeah. this raven. Throw um, them all away. Yeah. So Stupid birds. That sort of stuff is just more frustrating than fun. Like puzzles are fun. That's that sort of other stuff though is just frustrating. Yeah, the the core gameplay <laughs> loop of you know go to this realm, get to this point to to talk to this character or mm. get this item fight a heap of baddies on the way, solve some puzzles, you know, that's that's a it's a fun loop. I enjoyed yeah. my time about going to, to a realm, working my way through, having a cool, unique boss battle at the end, then yeah. having a little bit more of a story recap afterwards and learning more of this world or this character or the situation um, surrounding the impending uh, Ragnarok and all that, which is cool. Yeah. But I think it's added to uh that experience so much more with the combat and the weapons like there's mm-hmm. a there's a nice variety of weaponry in in kratos and atreus's hands and like jp was saying earlier the when you are introduced to a new enemy archetype or a boss battle i i just naturally like i'm, I'm in my head i'm like i'm the god of war i don't mm-hmm. take a back step i'm running in here swinging my axe and that does not work because you get cut down so quick. I died a lot in this game because mm. my ego of just thinking I can just swing my way to success here is impossible, yeah. especially with the boss battles because they hit hard and they hit fast and well, they hit often. Some of them are unexpected you die boss battles too. Like you, you're not even really thinking that they're a, a full boss battle. You're just like, oh yeah, this is kind of like a, a mini boss sort of thing. But you've just been kicking ass for the last five, ten minutes, just destroying everything that comes your way, 
and then you find this little mini boss or like there's one little room or something like that and you're like, all of a sudden you're getting your ass handed to you you're like what the hell happened in the last two minutes like yeah. the combat balance is completely out of whack um I will say, just quickly, because we are throwing a little bit of shade at the game here, this is all nitpicky stuff because the game is that fucking good. It is excellent. So we're being very nitpicky, I think, as well. Yeah, the combat's great. The combat's super tight. And like I mentioned it earlier in this episode, like comparing it to Elden Ring, and it goes that way with the boss battles too, where you've got to watch watch their movement, watch how they attack, learn to parry, learn when to, you know, push in or step back. And it just adds another layer to this game instead of it just being a mindless button masher. Like that's the way you, you just envision Kratos to play. But in this, you got to have some tact, use the shield, roll around, counter when you need to, and, you know, time those big hits. Otherwise you go down because, uh, yeah, that, um, that normal difficulty, it didn't feel like normal at times for me. I was getting nope. smoked, <laughs> but then I learned to just uh, breathe a little bit and, yeah. and make it. It's always sure. just like slow down, patience, judge like you know predict their movements and you'll be that's when like kind of the matrix appears and you can just kind of pick it apart i'll tell you what though my uh my butthole clenched up pretty big though every time i'd see that the red ring like the the unblockable yeah. move coming yeah. your way and especially when it's a first time and you don't know what it's going to be it's like oh no do i die here do i die here do i die here and you just you roll try to you try to roll or something and then it's, it's like a delayed attack too so you've yeah. timed it completely oh, wrong man. and then your whole health bar is gone yeah. Yeah, but it's tough. But the combat's great. Mm. It's mm. visceral and it's rewarding. And I love being able to to click R3 to do sort of the, the finishing moves on some of these oh, enemies man. where you are cutting them in half, you're cutting their heads off, you, you're cutting them through the, the jaw, where you're wolf. fighting like the wargs, like the yes. werewolf things, mm. and you're ripping like half yes. their face and chest off like yeah. with your bare hands. Like, holy moly, it is nuts, but it's so great. One. Yeah, it's it's the best. It was always my my hero moment. But it doesn't like it doesn't lessen the game. Like they're not trying to hide flaws by making it gory and shock value. No. Like it's rewarding and it serves a purpose because it's tough out there. Like there is yeah. impending doom and the stakes are huge and you're fighting your way with every axe swing or every uh, swing of your blades of chaos and I couldn't be I more give, for it. I have to give credit to the controls for this game as well. I actually think like they made use of every button on that sense, and I played a lot on the, the backbone, uh, like the to turning my phone into the controller. Yeah, the, the mobile controller yeah, adapter. just because I've been sick and, you know, got a kid and stuff. So it's a credit to both the backbone and the control scheme that I was able to like go into a boss fight Usually playing mobile, you'd be like, I got no chance, like having the responsiveness and everything to, to get through this. But I was able to play a lot of the game with that and it so, went really well. Were you streaming from your PS5 to yep. your phone to play on yes. the backbone? And it was so smooth. God damn. Yeah. <laughs> mm. yeah, it runs good, man. It runs good. So good, yeah. I got the, the iPhone 13 and it was just like, it just felt like, a you know, I was playing back on the Vita like the old days. It was, it was amazing. And internet's way better now than when i used to stream back then so mm. really good yeah and the other thing i wanted to just throw in while we're talking about gameplay is the accessibility options i added the one that picks up the yeah. um power-ups automatic and pickups so handy yeah. especially in boss fights you can just kind of walk over it and not think about all that why did I not think about yeah. turning this on? Because I struggled with this right so much. Here. Turn it on. It is <laughs> so, so worthwhile. Oh my that god! On. 
It's in I, my new Because I didn't have it on originally, and it gave off. me the shit. So I'm like, I am put. I'm tur- going back and finding that setting. I'm turning it back on. I just turned. I made all pickups automatic. Yeah. With the best part I feel of so that, stupid because I yeah. didn't turn that on and I struggled because there's times when you've got a bee's dick of yeah, health okay. left yep. and you've got to roll or try and run or strafe your way to that health potion or that, yep. you know, health pickup and you get sniped by some projectile or because I can't hit X in the right space because mm. I, I remap my X oh, and okay. circle buttons. Oh. Yep. Just with how my brain works yep. with certain games, sure. I like. Yeah, because I, I, like I was actually finding that too. Because I, I would have preferred the circle to be like my dodge button too. But yeah, like, so I, I remap those. But I stupidly yeah. didn't turn on just walk over like auto collect pickups. That would have saved me so much. Yeah, I mean, pain. he still does the stomp animation, yeah. so he's still vulnerable. But you, you get yeah, it makes <sighs> it picking up so much easier. My favorite part about automatic pickups, though, is when you defeat a large enemy and there's a like, nice yeah. little waterfall of like items to pick up, and then all of a sudden you got Kratos there doing like bobbing, like he's basically teabagging the <laughs> items, <laughs> trying to pick everything up. <laughs> oh god, I'm so dumb. Why didn't I think of going in there? There's there's like uh, 200 accessibility options. I didn't look. All I did yeah. was remap X and circle. Yeah, it, it's definitely worthwhile checking out the accessibility options because some of them just make life so much easier. I and I, I didn't turn it on like, but there's the one for uh, quick time events where you got to you know tap the. I yeah, usually tap I circle. I did that too. Um, I turned to, that one on. You, know, you just hold whatever. it. I'm like, um, I'm too old to be sitting here going like tapping on my controller. I just hold down the button. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was pretty much at that point where I was just I'm I'm going to turn that on. I, I <coughs> still haven't, but I've turned it on in other games. It makes life yeah. so much easier. No, I was I was tapping. I was tapping like the best of them. I was tap, tapping tap, and also tapping. picking up my pickups like a pleb yeah. manually. So uh, <laughs> I am very ashamed. But something I'm not ashamed of is the presentation of mm. this game. Like the graphics and performance, it is god tier. One mm-hmm. might say. Uh, pardon the the horrible pun, but it is very, very, very impressive. Uh, it's one of the best looking games I've ever seen, and that's irrespective of console or PC. The fact that this was made for not only the PlayStation Five but the PlayStation Four is very respectable. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm just in awe of just the scope of this game, the the polish of the environments, the fluidity of the combat the character models, the emotion and the emoting that they were able to show during these big moments. And there was a couple little minor texture pops here or there, nothing too game-breaking. I didn't have any hard crashes, any freezes. My game ran silky smooth for that 32 and a half hours. But I am still just scratching my head at the sorcery of just this single single camera shot that Santa Monica have put together where transitioning from... from Cut, um, cut screen or, or cut scene sorry to in game to back and forth with no load times apart from when you die and it's got to reload in is just next level design work like the development team behind that is a bunch of wizards and I'm just constantly blown away by just seeing these seamless flawless transitions done with no no degradation to the image quality going from a cut scene back to gameplay and vice versa like all the chef's kisses, all the hat tips, all the things for everyone at Santa Monica to put that together because it is some some god tier esque development. I'm work less right impressed there. by it because it because oh, well, no, boo let you. me say like the boo you the, JP the amount of times you had to squeeze through a narrow gap or crawl under something like they're obviously masking uh, some some the, the, the hidden the loading, loading yeah. times and that's something that's you know become 
commonplace in the PS4 slash PS5 generation. Like Final Fantasy VII Remake mm. is a really good example. Tons of those moments of just... It's a good time <laughs> to have a sip of a drink or catch your breath or check it your is, phone. Yeah. Um, and, you know, running around the, the fast travel portal world, like, it's it's better than the loading screen. I'll say that. But it still mm. just makes me think, what would this game have looked like if it was just made for the PS5? How many people... I, I'm really interested to see how many people buy it on the PS4. How does it run on the PS4? I don't even know. But I've heard it runs really yeah. well on the ps4 i mean it sounds like a jet engine on a ps4 pro but apparently it runs really well on the ps4 yeah so. D- digital foundry did some benchmarking on it they said it ran well but like like benny just mm. said it is mm. making every use of every inch of the fans no in doubt. the ps4 yeah. to keep yeah. it from blowing up but it's just COVID, man the fact that there's component shortages and supply mm. shortages so the the amount of like there's a bucket load of ps5s out in the in the world today but not as many as they'd you, like you, so they had to sort the of, of day, straddle both lines what 100 million ps4s out in the wild so yeah that that's a pretty yeah. big install base i think they'll they'll sell a lot of ps5s for this game but um yeah i, I the other thing i wanted to to mention was um just the f- what was I freaking? Sorry. You, you just want to you want to talk more smack about the crawling through the through <laughs> oh, the little the, caverns or stepping no, over the ledge? I remember it now. Um, Cutscenes amazing. Mm. In game dialogue mm. not so amazing, and you don't really see it because it's this third person perspective camera where their faces aren't ever right up in the view, but. If if oh, you actually, that if you do swing the camera around so that you get a close up of someone's face when they're talking, um, it's very like budget and like PS three kind of or even like Andromeda style mouth movements that aren't perfect, and that's that's just like a you know there's so much dialogue in, in this game they can't perfectly sync up every single moment where. Half the time, Kratos is, you know, you're looking at the back of his head. So why would they spend heaps of money yeah. making his mouth move perfectly to it? It makes sense. Um, but yeah, it is a, a, it is there. I Such actually just hater. want to piggyback onto that just really quickly. And it's not so much the in-world stuff, but it's actually in cutscene stuff that really bothered me is Thor. Every time, well, pretty much most of the time throughout the game, and I'm, I'm going to avoid spoilers here, but the interactions with Thor, the camera seems to be behind Thor's head. Or his hair covers and his, his face. And his hair covers his face. So you actually never get any of that performance. Like you can hear his voice and it sounds like a, like a really emotive performance. And there's a really specific one, which we can talk about later in the spoilers section. Cost cutting. But I was just like, I want to see his face in this moment because there's like this is a really great story moment. And that, that's actually something, and again, we're getting into nitpicky stuff because the rest of this game is so mm. very good. But it was just one of those things where you just reminded me, it's like, this is cutscene level stuff and I don't even get to see the characters speaking and having this emotional moments. Yeah, there's some missed opportunities there, I think. But um, like we've sort of talked about, because this cast is so huge, mm. comes probably down to a mixture of cost and time and they had to make a few sacrifices True. here or there. But... Um, Outside of Jono's uh, blatant disregard for the beauty of <laughs> crawling through spaces or stepping under logs and things Lift, or, or giant rocks, rock, like yeah, 
Yeah, you gotta you gotta respect the strength of Kratos. And you know, that's like it's it's a throwaway nitpick, but I just want to say I find it funny that, you know, he can lift rocks like that and smashes doors down sometimes, but when he gets to certain puzzle doors, you know, it's sorry bro, I gotta turn this cog or yeah. knock this around. It's like, no, nah, you should just be able to smash all the doors. Oh, yeah, and there's the doors there that he basically just lifts up, but you can only lift it from one side, but there's actually nothing there stopping it from being lifted. Like, you'd think it's there'd that, be a lock or AC something. magic door. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you, I don't know. There's just some of those. Who, but the other thing is it's like, okay, so you can like run around, you're the super god, all this sort of stuff, but you can't even do a little jump over this rock. <laughs> that's that's video games for you. Otherwise, invisible, you can just jump video straight game, to Asgard or something. Walls, yeah, <laughs> All right, there's, there's certain levels of disbelief you have to put into video games, as we all know. So yeah, but sometimes yeah. you're just sitting there going, "Come on, man, just jump freaking ledge." Yeah, we we are getting very very nitpicky here exactly. as far as throwing some shade. Like this game doesn't deserve any any major gripes or issues, but maybe we could sort of jump into some of the minor or maybe some of those little bugbears that we have with the game from a non-spoiler perspective and then maybe we can give our clothing, clothing our closing spoiler-free thoughts and then jump into spoilers. So, JP, Benny, I think we've got some some similarities here with some of the, the nitpicks and gripes. I'm just going to quickly rattle mine off bullet point style. I'm not going to go into any depths. Uh, one thing is, yeah, the, the stakes... Like from from a narrative and storytelling perspective, they're high. It's it's constantly uh, discussed with with this uh, you know in in air quotes family of yours and, and the characters you're dealing with. But the fact that there isn't a, 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 a strong sense of urgency when you are just casually cruising around, and then you do a big mission and you complete that quest, and then Mimir or Atreus are like, "We don't have to go and do the next thing just now. Let's just go explore this." Yeah. It's like you know the whole nine <laughs> realms are at stake here, but it's like, "No, nah, man, let's let's go find that random dwarf's hammer instead." Like YOLO. So I had a chuckle about that. Um, no, no photo mode at launch. Like yeah, I was that's, that's screenshotting like a demon during my gameplay um, session, and and I got some really nice shots. But it would be nice to have the the photo mode to get rid of the 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 subline at the bottom there. Actually, I'd like a photo mode as well, just so there's some of the wildlife in some of the worlds. That's yeah. so cute, so very Super cute. cute. There's yeah. the little turtle with the palm tree on its back on its yeah. shell. Ah, I, so I, I think it's squirrel. definitely coming in a, in a very near future patch, that's for yeah. sure. Uh, we talked about it earlier with some of the stories and discussions being limited <laughs> to the boat rides. Like, mm. that annoys me. Like, what's the difference about having your, you know, being in a boat or your feet on the ground? Like, Kratos, the second he gets out of the boat, he's like, we'll can do that later. It's like, no, nah, bro, don't <laughs> cut me off mid, mid, mid story here. Like, Mamiya's on a hot one right now. Let him finish. And then the other part we already mentioned is, yeah, try and hit some of those ravens, throw them all in the bin. <laughs> Yep. Just get good, Brett. Get Benny, good, what do you got? Um, <laughs> get good, son. <laughs> I try. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, you kind of hit it with the stakes being high. It's the opening levels I found, and looking back, they like tracking down tier at the start, I felt like that dragged on a bit. Um, and maybe this is just a personal thing, is because it wasn't until after um, meeting tier and everything that I felt that the game... <clears throat> found a sense of urgency if that makes sense um and it was kind of just resting on the fact that uh the first game and again personal opinion so i found that it's like resting on the fact that the first game was so good and the expectations that the player really enjoyed the first game would push through 
a lot of the rigmarole to get to the tear moment uh, when when you meet him and everything like that. Because um, when you when I look back and I even now as I'm saying this and I'm I'm thinking about it, I'm like shit I had to do this and then I had to do this and then I had to do this and then I had to do this and I had to do this and then I had to do this before I got to that tear moment. So like this actually wasn't really a whole lot of story progression between the opening moments. To going to that first realm and then finding Tia, there's there's a whole chunk of just wandering around trying to get to that. It's like it's a long long trek. It's just adventure time. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and there's even even during that, there's a moment where they say, "Oh, we've got a bit of time. We can just go do this other side quest while we're here too." I do appreciate though when you do sort of veer off the. The linear path to mm. to a, a a sort of a goal in a mission, and like your, your you companions are there, it. and they're like, he does this sometimes. Yeah. You just go and looking yeah, for treasure. Stuff. Those, yeah. I like yeah, the yeah. self awareness of the game to put those little voice lines in, and it it's just so adds funny. to being a real living, breathing like, world, yeah. which which I like, really this, admire. This guy is obsessed with treasure. What's, what's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, doing doing the side quests as well. Like you do get rewarded for it. Like and there's like early ones where you you're on the dwarven. Uh, tracking down the rigs and things like that, and you actually get a good set of ar- really good early game set of armor from doing all that too. So, yeah. What about you, JP? What's what's a couple of glit- uh, that that lack of urgency is definitely there. Where you know we're talking about end times and Ragnarok and you know Asgard and all these really big important things, but it's kind of like ah, oh, but I just I just got access to this whole area, so I'll just explore it and do everything and. It's kind of at odds with the narrative and they did the best they could to mm. try and make it make sense with saying, you know, oh, I'm sure that so-and-so can wait or, you know, it's it's not going to matter whether we take, you know, an extra day or whatever it is. So they, tr- they, they were aware of that kind of contrast and tried to address it, but it did get to the point, you know, I played more of that stuff than obviously you, Brendan. But even for me, it got to the point towards the end of the game where I was like, oh, I just opened this new area with a side quest. But I feel like it would be it would it would suck me out of the immersion to just take off and rescue this one person when I should be trying to, you know, save the world or whatever yeah. it is. So that kind of uh that is a nitpick, but it's certainly something that matters. Something that is a bit more significant to the experience of playing is I think the map and the compass in this game are both terrible. Um, the, the the compass you kind of fig- I figured out as time went on, but it just seemed sometimes it, I'd, I'd have my location dead ahead of me, and it would just yeah. bounce around like like it was you know on crack or something. It was it was very hyped up was over the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, it was yeah. like it was a Bermuda Triangle everywhere I went. Uh, I I had one of those recently where I was tracking down an object. It was actually today yeah. when I was tracking down one of the like end game objectives, and I was like, I know it's up here. I just put the compass on. And I was like, but it's telling me to go over this to the left, but I know it's actually dead ahead, and then very slightly yes. to the left. But it's telling me I need to go absolutely dead on yeah. left. Uh, and the other thing, like you said about the map, is it's like I don't think the overworld maps accurate at all. Well, it's just hard, especially yeah, it's in also just chunks. really hard to read. The icons aren't clear. Yeah. You can't zoom in close enough for it to be useful. It's a very like top, yeah. far away view. I don't know why you can't just zoom in further. And there's a couple of spots where there's like a lot of icons all in one spot, especially any of the sections where you've got boats. Yeah. 
because that it brings up all the landings as spots for the boats as well. It's yep. just and like, talk oh, about it's just the map that issue that you just mentioned a, about like slightly to the left, the compass tells you to go east yeah. or whatever. You know, put that together with you're in a boat that doesn't have like a easy turning circle, and yep. you're just constantly pressing the menu button, scrolling over to the map. Am I going the right way? Oh, it's actually the other way. I did that so often, and you could say mm. that that's on me, but I'm going to say that it's on the game. So sorry, Sid. <laughs> um, there, there's also a, a pretty significant glitch that has affected a lot of people um, that I found in the end game. I was fighting, uh, you know, the first game had Valkyries. I'm not going to say exactly what they are in this game, but there's some challenging bosses, and there was two of Oh, there was God, two yes. of them in Challenge. one fight. I don't know if you've come across this one yet. And No, I've come across the one that's got three. <laughs> yeah. Well anyway, there's these these there's <laughs> these two characters that I'm fighting and I was like, I'm not having as much fun anymore. I thought I would bump it down to yep. the story mode and just see how that goes. And you couldn't I just couldn't change the difficulty. It would you change the difficulty, you hit you know, X and it would restart from the last checkpoint and it would put you back on the normal difficulty that, that I used for the whole game. Oh, shit. And it's affecting a lot of people and there's such random workarounds to get it to work where you got to like save and then go over here and exit the game and then jump back in and, you know, new save file and change the setting and press these two buttons instead of X. And it's like, this is a really simple thing that for, even from an accessibility point of view, like you've gone above and beyond to add all these features, but then you can't change it to easy because of a, a glitch. Mm. Like that's, that's I think worth definitely worth a criticism for sure. Taking words directly out of your mouth from maybe 90 seconds ago, Jono, you just got to get so, good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I beat a good chunk of those things before I came across those, that, that, that one. I, I know the exact fight you're talking about and it was yeah. tough. It was yeah, very tough. I haven't tough. done that one yet. I, I actually the one I got was three. It's just. I, Are you talking about the one part of the main story? No, no, no. This is this is one of the uh, you know the the hilt things. Oh, okay. No, no yeah, not yeah, not yeah, the yeah. one that's part of the Ragnarok section. No, not yeah, that. yeah. Okay. No, that's no, no. It was a, it was a different. No, one. no, that one is yeah, that one's. I didn't find any of the story boss fights crazy difficult, really. There was there was one that annoyed me. It wasn't difficult. It was just annoying, and we'll, we'll talk about that in spoiler territory because talking about it would be a massive. Spoiler. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So let's um let's let's sort of look to close this spoiler free part off, and we'll give some final spoil uh, final spoiler free thoughts. I'll just quickly say, yeah, this game blew me away in every aspect. Um, I I genuinely thought that uh you know the 2018 god of war release was a perfect game but i feel ragnarok is better than that in all facets like it is a huge impressive beast of a game and i adored my time with it and i'm looking forward to going back and cleaning more of the map up and doing some end game content and and you know tying up a few loose ends and you know, I'm I'm giving it uh, the the big old stamp of approval. Like it's definitely an eight bit approved mm-hmm. game, and it's going to be on a lot of game of the year lists, and rightfully so. But yeah, um, yeah Leviathan Axe, <laughs> Benny, what's your final spoiler free thoughts? Um, like we we kind of talked about how and 
the game is a little bit on the on the longer side. But I, I personally didn't find that it was too long. Uh, but I found that it's, it's very easy. And we've talked about the urgency and everything like that. So I found like getting sidetracked on it was a little too easy to do. And I, especially when you're like myself, you just go, oh, shiny, what's that? I was about you're, to say, yeah. I've played enough co-op um, shared world games <laughs> yeah, exactly. to know that no matter where the shiny thing is, you're going to go looking gonna for go it. Then you're going to see. If uh, that, oh, there's a secret? I've got to go find that secret. I'll and then that item you find on find the it. secret, you'll go, okay, does it balance my armor set or yep. my weapon by one point? Mm. Then you'll um and ah on that for a while and then you'll re-roll. Yeah. And so I know that this uh, this game would have uh, taken yeah, down a few yeah, so uh, rabbit it, holes. It took me quite a few rabbit holes, more than enough rabbit holes, to be honest. Um but like it, and again, I, I can't stress this enough. The game is deceptively huge. Um, you don't notice it right away, and you're playing through the game, and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And even these locations which you've already been to in the game, you're like, oh yeah, you're just going back here to visit, and you discover this whole brand new section of the game that didn't exist there before. You're like, where the hell did this come from? Like, it just keeps getting it blows me away the scope and size in this game every time i think about it and yes 8, eight bit approved 100 percent. and i didn't go into this game thinking it would be on my game of the year list but it's sure as shit is god haters <laughs> haters haters all around me here in the, the riverside <laughs> fm uh stream today jp close out our spoiler free section here with your thoughts good yeah, lad. this is my game of the year it's not you know I'm going to say it's not even close and I did love Horizon mm. um, Forbidden West and it does some things better but overall the experience of playing plus the <clears throat> narrative that's achieved here it's far above and beyond anything else that I've played this year. Uh, Plague Tale narrative wise has probably you know had some, has some similar emotion attached to it but this combined with you know the uh the gameplay, the combat, the you know a, amount of things there are to do and variety of things. It's not just uh, going hunting and killing. Like it, it's it's like a, almost like a Red Dead level, uh, you know, activity. Mm. So, so much, so many activities to, to, to take part in. Ironically enough, twenty eighteen beat out Red Dead yeah. for game of the year yeah, back then go. too. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it does have that issue. Like I call it the the Last of Us Part Two issue of being possibly too long and, and longer than you thought and dragging in particular sections. But as I probably said in 2020, when it's this good, it doesn't matter. Like it, it's, it's a masterpiece. Mm. It's, there's no other way to describe it. And for some people that won't work for them, I, I can see some people taking a month or more to get through the 40 or 50 hours, especially if they have a personality that's like, I have to do everything in this area before I can leave, have to get every Odin's Raven, have to figure out how to get to that chest. It is frustrating when you really want to get something and then you realize you don't have yeah. the ability and it's a Metroidvania and you start stressing like, am I going to remember to come back here? Is the game going to send me to this exact spot? But, um, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> There's several chests where I sat there going, how the f- I can see it. How do I get yep. to it? Yes. Don't show me something Sometimes if I can't get you just to have it. To let it go, but yeah, <laughs> I can't let it go, Jono. I guess my point is, it's you know the game's <laughs> so good, and uh, people, if yeah. you're listening to this <clears throat> without having played it or with interest in it, just obviously play it already. Hundred percent. Like if if you're a Sony owner, 
you're doing yourself a mm. big old disservice by not picking up God of War Ragnarok. And, uh, you know, it would be would be beneficial for you to get the full emotional payoff by playing the 2018 release, but there is a oh, nice video recap right in the home screen of Ragnarok. It doesn't cover everything, but it gives you a little bit of a um, helicopter overview, a couple of minute little banger just to give you the main beats from the 2018 game so then you can dive into Ragnarok because, my God, it's special. And it's funny that like, you know, three of my favorite games of the year are all to do, um, you know, with the relationship of family, like Plague Tale Requiem, Horizon Forbidden West and God of War Ragnarok all got like heavy, heavy roots and acknowledgements to family and what that means. So I think Vin Diesel would be very, very proud of gaming in 2022. But listeners, that brings us to the end of the spoiler free part of God of War Ragnarok spoiler cast. So if you haven't, finished the game yet or haven't played it and you don't want anything spoilt i would uh, hit pause on the episode right now go do what you got to do and come back when you're comfortable to hear things potentially spoilt and shared with you in a very unfiltered way uh but yeah listeners the spoiler free part is over and we are jumping right across into full spoilers ahead All right, listeners, um, I'll give you the super quick compressed recap. Obviously, this covers but a pittance of the overall God of War Ragnarok story. We've grabbed um, some hit points from around the internet, and the story goes as follows. Three years after God of War 2018, Kratos and Atreus are living the hunter's life in Midgard, evading Freya's vengeance. Atreus can now shapeshift into animals and is learning to control his powers. Then they're visited by Odin and Thor, um, early in the game and that's where Ragnarok's story really starts to pick up from there they've realized that uh, they need to go and rescue Tia and then Atreus becomes a playable character exploring with Sindri to learn about his heritage as a giant and visiting Freya to seek forgiveness from there Atreus goes to Jotunheim and meets with Angerboda midway through God of War Ragnarok Kratos and Freya reconcile while Atreus goes to Asgard ooh Kratos visits the Norns, the sister of, uh, sisters of fate in Norse mythology. Kratos then kills Heimdall. Uh, Ragnarok's huge, huge twist. Tyr is actually revealed to be Odin in disguise all along. Shocker! Ragnarok then begins and Odin dies. From there, Kratos and Atreus survive. And then we get God of War Ragnarok's ending. And then it pivots nicely into endgame content where Atreus has decided to go off and sort of find more of his hiding giant brethren and you're then riding shotgun with Freya and Kratos to go uh, just heal the world, make it a better place, as Michael Jackson once said. I was, so, was going to bring uh, up that. <laughs> that <laughs> is the very scattershot, very compressed recap of the God of War story. Let's jump right on in here, boys, and talk our favorite slash biggest moments in the game. JP, do you want to steer this ship sure. here? So for me, I think apart from the, the teary farewell to, to Fenrir at the beginning of the game, uh, the big mm. moment to kind of start things off was meeting Odin and Thor at the uh, the humble little hut, which was foreshadowed shot for shot in the end, like the secret ending of the first game. Yeah, I just want to actually question that. So was the secret ending from the first game supposed to be like a dream? This is a question I was asking myself mm. while playing. It's like, Hang on, did they already meet Thor from the end of the first game at the, the, the secret ending to the yeah, first game? Yeah, I think that they referenced it being just like the dream. So, yeah, because okay. it's obviously three years later. Um, 
Yeah, yeah well, that, yeah. that was my point. It's like, well, hang on. Haven't you already met Thor? I thought you got... Yeah, but... That, I don't know. Maybe that was just my interpretation. I, I really enjoyed that little uh, almost Tarantino-esque kind of tension-building moment of them sitting down, mm. drinking together. Is are things going to pop off or are things not going to pop off? And obviously they do pop off. And Odin surprising everyone by asking for peace. Yeah. And-, and the cool part in that fight, though, is where Thor pretty much kills Kratos then brings him back to life like yeah he, it goes back to the to the load screen and he pulls <laughs> you back in like full meta and I was just like what is going on here we're, we're breaking fourth walls what is happening yeah. it's mm. very cool and Odin being this like older not uh not a f- physically foreboding presence this just this kind of more behind the scenes conniving political leader I, I really liked the way that they cast and and designed his his look to kind of have thor as his muscle um so yeah mm. I, I thought that was cool and it gave us it was it was basically the like the follow-up to the the fight with the stranger in the first game where it's like oh this is something yeah. special like it's that moment where if you haven't played uh the game before you go this is the kind of epic scale we're talking about with these fights. We've got like a frozen lightning bolt. Like it's all happening here. It's 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 right off the yeah. bat. Yeah. The Leviathan Axe and Molnir clashing together to create the frozen lightning bolt was pretty freaking cool. It was so metal. It was yeah. so metal. And um, yeah, I that, was that should I was be a heavy metal that. album cover. <laughs> oh yeah. Like it was just, it just set the tone early. Like that, opening scene and then that battle i'm just like oh my god like this is this is how it starts where are we going to go and it didn't let us down from there um and i just love like you you guys said the portrayal and just the sort of altering of odin like yeah he's not this big imposing super god he's this meek little little mafioso looking boss that feels like he got pressured into Mm -hmm. getting some face tattoos to try and be cool and then yeah thor's just his his muscle but even thor he isn't like just this physically fit piece of granite like he's a large man he's fat boy strong and i love that about it and ryan hurst and his delivery as thor and then obviously richard schiff as odin they're just a great um chalk and cheese as Mm. far as one's well spoken one's gruff and drunk most of the time and very Mm. broken and odin's very book smart and i think they play off each other and then also the discussions with with um atreus and kratos and Freya really, really well. Yep. So playing as Atreus was, I did. I never thought about it, but it's super obvious once it started happening. I was like, oh, mm. they're doing it. Yeah, I yeah. I had that moment when like the camera's panning. I was like, hang on, are we gonna pl- we gonna play as Atreus yeah. here? Is it's leading us to? And then yet, yeah, sure enough, you, you jumped out and sneaks out the window. It's like I'm controlling Atreus. Oh shit, we're changing. Yeah. It's okay. a very yeah, and you get a lot of playtime yeah. with Atreus too. Oh yeah, possibly too much, but we'll, we'll get. To that later <laughs> yeah um, but yeah that, that's like a very playstation thing to do like if you look at a lot of like mm. especially the last of us and some of those games where characters that start off as side characters become main characters um so it was it was just good to get that variation and and you know it progresses like oh it's not just exploration you've got this whole other skill set of attacks and skill trees to to fill out and populate so that was kind of cool just to see that they were going in that direction um and then as atreus getting to see jotunheim and asgard as locations and to explore those places two locations that we really didn't get to see much of or any of in the first game 
but we knew that they existed. So yeah. to see how things work in those realms, I thought was really cool. Yeah, I agree. Sorry, I thought Benny was jumping in there. No, I, nah. I like that. And yeah, it was um it was a pleasant surprise playing as Atreus. I liked that he played and felt different to Kratos, where Kratos mm. is more slow and powerful and just big hits. Like he does obviously chain some mad combos together very swiftly, but Atreus is very light in his feet and he's rolling around and he's more ranged as opposed to frontline assault. And it just sort of made the game feel a little bit fresh. I agree that maybe we could have done for a few hours less of Atreus um, playtime there, but overall it felt good and it sort of just gave us two games in one to a degree almost where it felt like you were playing um, yeah, a completely different class and a character and, and sort of seeing this this young man become his own and, and become become a man throughout the, the story was uh, really touching. Like he, he sort of uh, grows up right in front of our eyes and mm. becomes less of a dick. Like you were saying in the, in the spoiler free section, you couldn't stand him a lot of the time, but I think yeah. maybe by the end of it and sort of seeing his emotional journey and growth, you're probably like, yeah, you know what? He Atreus does get boy. a lot, lot better, but there's still like a lot of moments, especially in the early on, on moments when like you first go to Asgard, essentially and things like that. I, I was fine. He's like, oh, gosh, he's still an arrogant little shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think he gets humbled, and it's not until after he goes to Helheim with um, Thrud and Heimdall that, and you know, accidentally releases um, Garm. Yeah, you know that that humbles him a lot, and that's that's when he, the character, and it's it's an old and John I could probably speak more on this himself, but like, um it's an old writing technique of make the character kind of annoying and something. So when they redeem themselves, you feel more, you, you like them a lot more when they actually, that's it. The, the payoff, the payoff's a yeah. lot bigger. And, and that's it. Like when, when I guess you're a teenager, that's half God and, uh, you exactly. know, has, has all these powers. Half or, God, or, half or giant. Full- yeah. The responsibility of an entire race of people on your shoulder. Yeah. You'd, ha- you'd have a bit of ego about you. And, and yeah. there's times where he's just, uh, conversing with characters and, and mm. you know, he's feeling like he's larger than life. He's like, you know what, bugger, I'm just going to go in there. I'm going to whoop that guy. I'm going to do this. Like he feels very bulletproof, but then he has a few, makes a few wrong decisions and causes people to get hurt and drama to unfold and, and yeah, yeah, humbles him. And and I really, I, I liked that he, he got a full, full sort of character development um, yeah. throughout the game. Yeah. And that's, if they hadn't given that full character development, like it would have, wouldn't have been worth it. And yeah. I think thankfully they did pay that off. If if there was no payoff there, it, it could have, it could have really soured the whole game. Hundred percent. So yeah. I'm glad that they spent some time making sure that the writers got that all all correct. Yeah, they they like I can only imagine the size of the storyboards they had and just the the planning and plotting out. The, the character arcs and the developments and where they wanted to take it from a micro mm. and, a, and a broader level and they nailed it. They, they, they knew the brief and they stuck to it and they uh, hit it out of the park, that's for sure. And um, sort of in that early piece when you do control Atreus and you go on your little stealth missions mm. and, and trying to find that information, um, seeing Jormungandr again, the giant sort of, yeah. um, you know, spiritual snake. Yeah, the world serpent is... So cool. Like, that's one of my favorite characters mm. in these two games. Like, he doesn't get, or they or she, I don't know what, what sex uh, Jormungandr is, but uh, 
yeah, this world serpent, it doesn't get a ton of airtime in this, but that moment early on just yeah. really, really set me on the right track because it's just such a cool character and it's such a cool yeah, model. Yeah, he had such a cool character moment in 2018 as well. Like, Because the first time you go out into the Lake of Nine, it's all covered in fog and it's mysterious and things like that. And then Yormonger pops up because I can't remember exactly how it goes on, but Yormonger comes then and all that sort of stuff and reveals. And then all of a sudden the fog clears away and it's mm-hmm. just a giant snake. And then each time you talk to the Yormonger, the, the world changes again. So he has this huge impact on Midgard in that point. And not a lot less so in this side time, you know, where they... Um, he, he all he does is he creates one pathway for you, but he, again, it's it's it calls back to twenty eighteen a little bit where you interact with your manga and a path opens up essentially for, yep. for you to yep. move forward. So it, it's so cool seeing the snake come back. Yeah, and, it, uh, it was a good throwback, and and yeah, getting to go back to such a such a pivotal moment in in the twenty eighteen game, such a pivotal just, location mm. as well. Like in mm. the Lake of Nine has changed so so very much. Um, like you get back there, the world's because obviously Fimble Winters completely changed the landscape, so the lake's all frozen over. The opening battle with Thor has destroyed Tyr's statue on top of his temple. So you, you know, as Atreus, you're crawling through the I think it's like his shoulder or something mm-hmm. at the start there. But and you, as you explore the Lake of Nine later on, you like you realize how like chunks of the statue are everywhere. Essentially, it's actually in a side mission to go and visit every chunk. Um, uh, but yeah, it's yeah, and then obviously he he goes and tries to make peace with Freya as well. So, which again, and that's where I mentioned earlier, um, Danielle's performance as Freya is so so very good because you can just see the madness and heartbreak in the character. Yeah, she's she was um, phenomenal on screen. Like she's mm. she's the. The, the broken grieving mother uh, yep. and, and dealing with the, the hatred that, uh, you know, Kratos and Atreus uh, killed her son, you know, yep. in, in the 2018 game. And, and she's still coming to terms with that. And the fact that she they, had her choice removed. Her, yeah, well, that too. And they, they killed her uh, her son to save her life. Yeah. Yeah. I think they did a really good job of capturing her side of the, that story where... In the first game, I was yeah. just like, she's being so irrational. She's just being like a crazy lady or whatever. But this time around, I was like, yeah, if like maybe if my son was trying to kill me, I would prefer that he kill me than you kill my son. Like I can kind of understand that. Do you think your perspective's changed on that now that you're a parent? That yourself? specific thing, I don't know. I haven't really thought that much about. But <laughs> yeah, like I, I can, I can see, I can definitely understand someone being like, no, like even if mm. my son. Is, has gone crazy and is trying to attack me i'm not gonna i don't want to see harm come to him i would rather die than their life yep. end so like you know throw in the fact that they're gods and stuff and obviously there's like all these other complications <laughs> but um yeah like it they did a really good job like that that actor that you've mentioned for, for her like she did such an amazing job of walking that line between like am i going to kill you or am i going to forgive you and the kind of journey yeah. that she went on as a character with Kratos when they're making their way mm. through uh, <clears throat> through her home land for the, being back there for the first time, like, and then fighting yeah. the uh, the uh, the Nidhogg. Nidhogg? yeah, like that yeah. was um, <clears throat> that was pretty crazy, and that you know the, the fact that they made amends there, and then she becomes basically the 
second NPC uh, companion for the majority of the game from there on. Like, that's a pretty big mm. shake-up. Yeah, it's and it's kind of a little bit jarring, and it's not noticeable straight away. But I've, I, I don't know if it, how you guys progress the story here, but after the whole Nidhogg thing, and then you go back and you you go and you, you basically go back to Fen, uh, Freya's camp and all that sort of stuff and everything like that, you get a chance to go back to um, the uh, Sindri's house, the Realm Between Realms. I actually just went down the River Delta and started exploring, and you find the the three waterfall, the waterfalls where yes, she had the marriage was, ceremony. With that was yeah, really I did that straight away as well, and that was really really powerful. It was really really powerful stuff. But at the same time as as I'm exploring, like there's the again the conversations in the boats and things like that that are happening. That I was finding is like, like hang on, half an hour ago you were willing to just rip me throat out. Like you hated my guts. Every single word I said to you was like nails on a chalkboard, and now you're basically buddy buddy with me almost. <laughs> and there there it it there was a couple of moments, and I. Th- think and again we're being nitpicky about stuff or i'm being nitpicky about stuff because the game is that good you, you kind of just be nitpicky about things but i i just it was something i noticed that it just felt very jarring to me it was like you were re- willing to kill me not too long ago and you've forgiven me but all that anger is just literally washed away like there isn't any remnants I, I didn't mind that because I think they did a pretty good job of framing it as like, it's actually Odin that she's angry at and she was taking oh, it yeah, out yeah. on Kratos. So once she kind of had that mind shift, all of the positives and seeing things from Kratos' perspective came back and the fact that they did have a friendship prior to that and that um mm. they would they had the same goal. And, and Kratos, had, they did a really great job with that of making it seem possible for them to to reach that place where he was sharing about his past and they're having all these little moments together where i'm really glad i watched like a god of war recap where he where i i learned this before they talked about it but how kratos was tricked into killing his first wife and his first daughter in the the earlier games and that was such a. I I, I like that when they were leading to the wards the nidhogg and he explains to like that's she goes, oh, you wouldn't know what it's yeah. like to lose a child. He goes, I actually yeah. do. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, so there's... Um, and then tells her about his daughter. And yeah, there's a lot of cool little moments where in the boat they'd be talking about, you know, tell me about your homeland and, t- and tell me about, like, is it is it true that, you know, the gods in, in your homeland were X, Y, and Z? So it was, it was interesting to see those kinds of conversations take place between Mimir and... Freya and and Kratos and the the fun dynamic that you have in the shit because there's a lot of history between especially Mimir and Freya as well. Yeah, it's it's nice because they all get a like. There's a lot of redemption going on with a lot of characters in this game. There's a lot of remorsefulness. There's a lot of apologies, especially Mimir. Like as you're taking him on the tour of the nine realms, he's apologizing <laughs> to so many characters about. Mm. Sorry, I was like, I am the smartest man or the smartest head in in the universe. My bad for for ruining this for your people or, or doing this or that or killing that. You know, like it's it's a lot of apologies on on his press junket, but um, it's it's great because it's sort of it's reflective for for not only you as the player but these characters and, and seeing them grow and 
they're all very damaged, you know. They're all flawed, like they're all flawed characters. No one's perfect in the in this world, and um, that's from both both the protagonist and an antagonist perspective. But you can also then empathize with both sides of that coin mm. too, which I like. Uh, one of, one of the parts that sort of follow on after that sort of making peace with Freya section is you're spending a bit more time with with Atreus. And you meet Angaboda, who is this uh, other young half-giant girl. And just seeing these two interact with one another and, like, this is probably, you know, Atreus is like, it's it's a crush, you know. He's got a crush on this girl and seeing this relationship sort of awkwardly develop as they're exploring and doing menial tasks and, you know, going to catch some um, fruit. Did this, uh, like... Activate your your little weeb factor where you you love your little rom com. I just yeah, I just love love. All right, <laughs> listeners, co-hosts, I love love. And anytime there is like some emotional cuteness in in any form of media I consume, I'm just like my heart is overflowing and I'm smiling. And I know some of those menial tasks will will bleed into some nitpicks or least favorite moments for y'all, but like I was all about it. I'm like I don't I don't want this little section to end. I like that it was like stress-free and it was just sort of a bit of a, a a sort of um exploration of this relationship and this friendship and whatever else is developing here and just seeing it unfold like there is a few little combat parts but it is mostly just cruising around talking um unveiling some grandma. things about one another yeah meeting the crazy giant unhinged grandmother which is awesome like that was yeah. very disney-esque for me that whole scenario climbing there the where, giant yeah. steps and stuff yeah, yeah. like it's That's so like great a, a studio ghibli kind of thing to me yeah 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 it's and i, and I like that there is some of these borderline comical like cutesy family mm. parts of the game like where you know it is hyper violent and stressful and emotional but there is some light-hearted sections that sort of make you breathe and go ah this is nice i'm not just sad the whole time i'm happy you're laughing and yeah that whole um interaction with angaboda and she you know she she follows on in, in future interactions with atreus and then obviously meets kratos later on i love it she's such a cute yeah. little character and um the, the lady that handles her work, Leia de Leon Hayes, hat tip to you, young young lady. You uh, crushed that role. And yeah, I was I was all for it. And yeah, more of that. Give me give me some Angaboda and Atreus or Angaboda and Loki uh, spin-off romance sequel game and I will buy it day one and play the shit out of it where I'm just, you know, mending their house and feeding their creatures and, you know, let, let's go let's go um, Animal Crossing or Farmville or whatever, you know, any of those types of games with these two as the leads, I'm in. I'm yep. paying money straight up. <laughs> Throod comes to visit. <laughs> I'm down. I'm so down. I love that part. What did you guys think? I know, you, like I mentioned, you're a bit annoyed <laughs> with some of the, the, the non-events in that game, yeah. in that section where you're, you know, riding riding a creature and, it was, and picking fruit it was just but, a uh, bit what do you too long like that was one of those moments yeah where it I was dragged like, on boom it was one of those moments where i was like <laughs> yeah like you've taken me not only you've taken me away from kratos but you've taken me out of combat and i i, I love a, a slower section and the the pacing and that's mm. very important but it it just went a lot longer than I expected it and wanted it to. And when it was just riding the yak around in the water and picking fruit. In a circle yeah. in the swamp. And, <laughs> and to follow that up, there was a section where you're going into these really dark caves and having to destroy the nests. And it was so dark and yeah. dim and I couldn't I couldn't remember where I'd been. And that section took me way longer than I wanted it to. 
So I was very much like, get me back to turn up the brightness yeah, on your TV, have Johnny. To, yeah, get me get me back to, <laughs> to Kratos at that point. Yeah, this kid so good. trying to hold hands for with this I was girl. All for it. It's cute. Actually, I got I haven't been back to Jotunheim yet in the end game. Um, I'm wondering if Kratos comes across Granny and they have a big fight. And I don't. You, I don't think up, you so. can go back. You can go can back you? to Jotunheim. I thought yeah. that was one of those places. In the end game, you can because you get the seeds from Radakaskar, so you can go back oh. to every world. Shout out to the random spectral yeah. squirrel gods <laughs> tree mender green thumb. Like that's like that ties into the that more lighthearted Studio mm. Ghibli Disney uh, comedic section where you, where you're dealing with this sentient spectral squirrel like yeah, it's yeah. just it's great but it's just so you weird bit, you got bitter squirrel and anxious squirrel yeah and what was the other one there's like i can't remember now that the, there's the red one which is like helping you hunt down the, the stags yeah it just it just changes the tone so like it's it was jarring at first i think because i can't remember like the lead up to mm-hmm. to meeting meeting said squirrel but then like it went from like I think a big emotional moment to then like hey I've just I've just stepped into uh, the new Pixar film all of a sudden what in the Christ name is going on but then I settled in and appreciated it and I liked that it sort of was moments where I could sort of breathe Re- and really well voiced more. by Sung Won Cho uh, who you probably know from a bunch of different anime and stuff but he did a, a really good job uh, as the squirrel I can't remember his name Rat something. Yeah, Radakaska. I love ringing that bell, even when he was already there. Yeah, very fun. Yeah. What's uh What's the next piece you want to sort of cover off as far as favorite um, moments, JP? So I mentioned this before about like getting to see Asgard, but actually getting there, climbing the wall, like meeting the the mm. dude outside who is a Midgardian, and, and seeing like this other side of of how things work. His name's Skulder yeah, Skulder. That that was really cool because I was like, okay. This is the first time, apart from like a glimpse of dwarves in uh, in the in Svidelheim, where they kind of hide away as you arrive. But this is the first time we've seen an actual community in any of the God of War, like like mm. twenty eighteen or this one. Um, and then to get into Asgard and see like there's Valkyries training and there's all these enemies that I've been killing, but now they're just chilling, and it's weird to just like see them not attack me. It was cool to see like the way that that world and that realm <coughs> operates, and obviously that's where you meet Throod and Kif and some very attractive uh, Asgardians. It's uh, it, yeah, it was a um. Mm. I, I like when you first you get to the top of the wall there, and you yes, meet that Heimel, part too. Yeah, who's a dick. Um, that's actually a really cool interaction between the two of them. But I I, I like especially once you actually get on top of the wall. And he's leading you over to the little elevator mm. thing to take you down to um, to meet Odin, essentially. Um, there's, like, I think it's, like, uh, the whatever the currency is that yeah. you can pick up. Yeah, yeah the hack silver. Uh, there's, like, you pick that up and he goes, oh, you first get allowed into some place and the first thing you do is yeah. you steal uh-huh. from them. Maybe <laughs> chuckle. Yeah. yeah. I had a little laugh at that one. Yeah. So, yeah, I just thought, like, seeing Asgard after all that build-up was quite cool and then like mm. all these moments where oh maybe odin's not such a bad guy obviously he is um but yeah yeah just to uh it was, it was kind of that like um you know 
to to reference a, a great movie from the nineties. It's like when when uh, Peter Pan's kid Jack goes with Captain Hook, and you're like, is he going to get sucked into to uh, live in the Hook lifestyle? Oh, and he did. He yeah. did. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, so that was my thoughts on Asgard. Run home, Jack. Run home, Jack. <laughs> Great film, by the way. <laughs> Dustin Hoffman is Hook. Yeah. yeah. Legendary performance. And uh, what's the name? Glenn Close as uh, the random male pirate that gets thrown into the chest with yeah. the scorpions. Yep. Good call. One of the first uh, gender bends, I think, in uh, sort of mainstream films like for, for kids. So, uh, yeah, hat tip to that. All right, next one, JP. What you got? Uh, the next one I had written down, well, I, I did, this was one that Benny added, I think, was, yeah. I actually wrote this one down. Yeah, so it's like Atreus's reconciliation with Kratos after the events in Helheim. Because um, you come back from Helheim, um, everyone in Asgard's like mad at you, essentially, and all that sort of stuff. So you make your way back to the uh, realm between realms, and then everyone's there fighting, and because Helheim's going crazy because Garm's on the loose and all that sort of stuff, and the fight ends. And basically, the first thing that happens between Kratos and Atreus is they just embrace each other yeah. in this big father-son hug. Um, that was a really, really good moment because he's like, yes, some shit's happened, but you're my son, you're okay, and I love you, and that's all that matters to me. Mm. Um, that was, I, I just think that was a really, really good Yeah, moment. I agree, I agree. Yeah. And for those that can't remember who Garmi is, that is the giant uh, wolf, giant wolf that can yes. uh, create realm tears and sort of create all mm-hmm. kinds of chaos and carnage and unpredictability between realms where people are crossing over and, yeah, hence why we're seeing so many evil creatures once our garms roaming around but uh yeah it was a really nice moment it was one of the many that uh made my bottom lip quiver anytime i'd see those <laughs> those beautiful father-son moments with atreus and kratos was just it, my feels they were very tender it was, it was cool because it yeah. was in really interesting contrast to the previous time that atreus went home when he returned from jotunheim mm. and he he goes to step through the portal and he walks straight into kratos who's like waiting for him and you're like yeah. oh no this kid's in trouble like you're he's gonna in get sent straight to his room or whatever um yeah, but yeah. knowing what's happened while he's been gone from the other side where you know kratos is worried yeah he's worried, worried sick about sick him he's went and got and, dropped yeah. near uh the spear that's probably the next thing we should talk about is uh the, the quest to get that spear mm. when you meet the mermaid the lady of the forge and finally get that spear that was a pretty sweet moment like from a game place perspective but then the moment where kratos asks brock to give the blessing over the spear for some reason that really Mm -hmm. got me uh it it kind of made brock into a for lack of better term like human like it made him a human character with actual emotions and feelings not just comic relief which he's been by and large up until this point he has some zingers too my god some of the things he says just i was pissing myself laughing like audibly with some of the little one-liners and uh abusive things he'd throw at people it was uh the first time he sees atreus and he's just like what the hell is that It's so good. But yeah, so so that whole drop near spear, you're getting that because it's mm. it's a god killing weapon. Because at that time Atreus has gone to Asgard and Kratos and Freya and, and Tyr and everyone else are like, What are we gonna do? We need to have a plan to get to Asgard to get him back and ultimately 
take down Heimdall and Thor and Odin and all the all the bad bad Norse gods. So they they're going to get this spear, and that whole section is great. And I love the uh, the the sort of interactions with the mermaid, and yeah, that moment of realization for Brock when he realizes that. He isn't who he thinks he is for mm-hmm. all, all intents and purposes. Um, Sindri brought him back from the dead but didn't get all pieces of his soul to make him a whole person. And it was so touching and just yeah. his little interaction with Kratos in that moment as well was beautiful. But then getting that spear and running roughshod with that weapon was fucking sick. Yeah, the spear's so good. It's Yeah, the spear is a lot of fun. I really it's obviously got like some spear. limitations when you first get it because you haven't unlocked mm. the skill tree. But uh, yeah, once that thing's charged up, powered up, it re- rough, you know, wrecks rough shot. It's it's pretty pretty handy. Yeah, cover dudes with bloody spear jabs and then explode them all in one hit. And it's like, yeah, great for interrupts. Great little little trick. So if you're fighting any dudes, if you throw the spear, at, get enough spears in them, and they go to do their red attack, and you oh, can't yeah. dodge it in time, just hold down triangle. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Did they actually explain well, what it is about the spear that? makes it unpredictable to Heimdall. Maybe to do with that mythical ring. I'm guessing they don't really sort of unpack what the no. ring was made of, but it was just a magic. Uh, there's references a few yeah. times to it. And like Mimir talks about it a couple mm. of times, but I think it's more along the lines of that. Like Heimdall's not expecting it to behave the way yeah, it is. It's more unpredictable. Uh, that's the only thing I can really pin it down to especially considering it can multiply yeah. itself or duplicate we'll just say itself. it's got yeah, god magic it seems like they were god magic it. yeah wizard yeah. did it um which probably we should seg straight into the heimdall fight so i thought that one was really fun because we'd obviously seen how powerful he was when atreus tries to fight him but uh to actually do that and i think that's the moment that you're breaking the prophecy is it the first time that you mm-hmm. go outside yeah. of what's been prophesied? So it's fairly significant yeah. in that it's it sets off this chain of events that aren't known or aren't written in, in murals. Yeah, it, it's and this is the fight I was talking about earlier in terms of boss fights where I, I found, because it's kind of almost a little bit of a puzzle that you have to work out inside the boss fight as to, okay, how do I get Heimdall to the point where I can actually damage him? because um, he is predicting everything. Yeah. Roll or parry at the right time, and that's the only way you can really do some clap damage to him. But I was a bit sad that um, it was a cool fight, don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah, once the fight actually properly kicks off, like, but that first few moments when you're using the spear just to try and hit him and things like that, like, I, I remember, like, the first time I threw the spear at him and he caught it, so I exploded it while he had it in his hand. So I was like, yeah. bang, there we go, I got some damage. Okay, I keep repeating this. Okay, now he's learnt that. All right, how do I do it? Oh, all those spears that are on the ground, I explode them when he's standing yep. near them, and then that's eventually I got the stuns again. The the best part about that whole fight, I think, was just the realization that Kratos was having near the end when he's like, "Stop, you know, no more fighting." Yeah. And Heimdall's like, "I'll never stop." And like after you know, impales his arm against the wall, and then Kratos yeah. having that moment of realization is like, "The only way I'm going to stop you, Heimdall, is by killing you." <laughs> And then uh, thus mm. thus bringing on Ragnarok. And it was cool. I was yep. all for it. And I loved it. And the 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 sort of portrayal of Heimdall was great because he yeah. was just a prick. But yep. it was so good. Like Scott Porter, who handled him, the the voice work was was bang on. And he's just that smarky asshole that no one likes, but you know, he's you know, always the, the coolest guy in the room, even though he's a dick. And very different it was to well Idris Elba, isn't he? 
Yeah, very different to Idris Elba. <laughs> yeah, doesn't uh doesn't have slick long hair. Oh, you had hair in like a little sort of top knot style going on, yeah. but uh, yeah, that was always the funny thing that I kept comparing myself or comparing this game and the Marvel. Uh, Norse gods a lot where I'm like, you know, that's that's not the Thor I usually know or that's not the Odin <laughs> I know. Like, where's Sir Anthony Hopkins? Where's he at at the moment and stuff? So it was kind of cool to reset that mental imagery that I had there. But, um, yeah, that, that Heimdall fight was really good. And something else that um, sort of followed not too far in and around that sort of main story beat was where you are going back to deal with Garm after the scenario in Helheim and mm. you're back with Atreus and Kratos and you're there and you use your dagger that actually has um, the your poor wolf Fenrir that you um, that passed away right near the the opening sort of scenes of the game. First ten minutes and they make you cry yeah. about your dead dog, the bastard. Yeah, it <laughs> broke, my, broke my heart as this game did many times, but then seeing his spirit then... Um, implanted into Garm and then you've just got this giant, um, mm. you know, wolf pet that is just beautiful and so cute and I was playing that and I was cuddling Bentley and Winston so much through a lot of these I, moments. I, I just loved it straight great. away. He goes, yeah. sit. <laughs> He's like, good boy. What did you guys yeah. think of, of leading up best. to that though? You kill Garm and that's like a really sad moment until he comes back to life and tries to kill you again. He's a tough son of a gun. Like that fight yeah. was sick. And, that was a um, good he fight. Was tough. That was an awesome fight. And then, yeah, the fact that he, you finish him off, you're like, oh, man, I, I wish it didn't have to be that way. And then you leave, and then, oh, shit, he's alive again. <laughs> oh, fuck him. Yeah, there's some really, yeah. like, sad moments like that where, like, like, earlier we skipped over it, but when you free the turtle and it just, you know, doesn't... Is it a turtle? That big animal, anyway. With I think yeah. it's a big turtle. It reminded me of Torterra from Pokemon. <clears throat> yeah. Do you know what we're talking about, Benny? No, you've lost the, me. Which, Mimir, which you know, Mimir captured that tu- that turtle. Oh, thing. the yeah, the. Oh no, it's a whale. It's a whale because they're using oh, okay. the whale. They're using the whale oil. Sure, like the yeah. fat that makes to make oil. Yeah. Anyway, you free the whale, but it doesn't leave. It's quite sad. It's mm. still there at the end. But yeah, they know yeah. how to tug on our heartstrings, and it's through animals. Yeah, we're giant animals. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so the the next thing that I wrote down, and this was just pure fun, was the tavern brawl where you go into. Recruit yeah, Thor and he's cool drunk off his face, and you just end up destroying this whole place. It was super fun playing as Atreus and just seeing because when you walk into this like um, fighters bar or whatever, you've got to hand your weapons at leave your weapons at the door, so you're weaponless at first. So you've got to like time some some counters by pressing square or X or circle, whatever the mapping to the button was, and then mm. you get your your arrows and uh, you like your quiver and your your bow again and your you're fighting in there and yeah, just seeing like Thor flying around or like your mid fight and then um uh, yeah, just, just goes boom yeah. and like smashes a guy's head to pieces beside you and and like Atreus at first is like he's shocked because like aren't aren't they you guys? And they're like, Oh, they'll just be reincarnated again soon. They're already yeah. dead, don't worry. Thor's like, you know? yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, they'll go back to Valhalla and circle back home again. It's all good. And it was it was such a change of pace from mm. the the main story and yeah, just um Seeing the the broken man that is Thor uh, is is great. Like Ryan Hurst crushes it in that role, and yeah, that scene was was super fun and enjoyable and humorous. Yeah, but and also it, crazy again, violent. This, this kind of harkens back to what I was saying earlier about every time like Thor's in a scene, like you you get these emotional scenes, but you don't see his face. This is another one where I'm pretty sure the camera was from behind Thor looking at th- um, Thrud. 
instead and like you get Thrud's reactions but you don't see a lot of thor's and it's kind of really bothering me that you're not seeing a lot of the, the facial capture for thor um mm. unfortunately yep it was yeah, great, though. It was super oh, fun. It's so good. It's this this father daughter relationship between the two of them as well. It's just this beautiful thing, and he's just him feeling like he's let her down and all this sort of stuff again. Yeah, but even that like that family in general, like even Lady Stiff, uh, mm. seeing her as 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 the doting parent and very concerned and you know yeah. worried for 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 Thrud who wants to become a Valkyrie, but like they're always like no, like no, it's not for you. But then at the end when they have that moment, they're like we have no doubt you're going to be the best Valkyrie yeah. the Nine Realms has ever seen and all that. Very touching. Very, very nice to see. Mm. Uh, something that wasn't touching, but uh, I want to know, did you guys see this coming? Like the, the Tears betrayal, obviously. Nah. Tears been part of the family for a long time and you, you're literally breaking bread and having stew around the table like a big dysfunctional family, which is cute as shit. Mm. I love those moments at, um, mm. at Sindri's house. I will say, yeah. He, Tear was pissing me off. I was like, "What are you like?" Yeah, it's supposed to be a god yeah. of war. Like you, you're, yeah. you're, you're like a pacifist or something. Like you should be violent and helpful. I also felt like his voice casting was not quite, didn't quite match his physical appearance. He had like this high of high voice and American accent, and it just, you, I expected him being eight foot nine to have like a very deep voice and it went against that and it didn't there's only room for one deep voice in this uh, cast mate they're true. like nah christopher joe he he owns that he's got the patent on on deep and low octaves in ragnarok no one else mm. but um I, I i'm with you like the 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 voice didn't match match the imposing figure but i think it's also like in like for the game like he's a broken man he's he's very against war yeah he's a pacifist now even when um you know the fight's breaking yeah, out at yeah. Sindri's house he runs out with a shield it's not with a sword or an axe yeah, or whatever yeah. to to protect anybody hey, it's even comes back he says oh I shouldn't have come out with a shield it's literally this betrayal moment he goes oh I shouldn't come out with a shield and then Brock lets him have it yeah you feel before the betrayal moment that um he's gonna have this big hero moment when mm. the the battle of asgard actually takes place but then they're like jokes on you rug gets pulled out from under you and it's like i'm odin motherfuckers i've been playing tricks on you the whole time i know your stories i know you what you've been up to because yeah, i've been I know the secret from the bloody the start yeah, yeah no i, I didn't see it coming bloody no way. thing and all this sort of stuff yeah i did not see it coming and then no. um yeah odin stabs stabs brock kills brock in this big moment but yeah i didn't i didn't uh predict the uh the tear to odin uh shift at all i did not see it no. telegraphed anywhere so hat tip to santa monica for keeping that one uh very very uh under i guess the table. i didn't know that odin could do that really i mean it shouldn't it didn't surprise me once i knew that he had that ability but in the moment it's just like oh that's that's a thing that can happen and it just did. Yeah, yeah. I think it's more surprising because they're under the assumption is that he could yes. get into that realm, but obviously yes. yeah. because they brought him in, he set himself up with a raven there so he could transport to and from. Maybe it's like vampire uh, vampire law because they invited him in, he was yeah. now able to go freely. But yeah, that, yeah. that was one of the Didn't biggest moments of the entire game. And I was just yeah. like, what the hell? Like jaw drop 
And yeah, then mm. seeing poor old Brock. It, it made me angry and really wanted me to kill yeah. Odin as well because I was like, you son of a bitch. You, I, I want to get you now for that. I'll tell you what, too. That moment made uh, Sindri very angry. He oh, yeah. uh, he that is a broken, broke. angry little dwarf and he hates everybody now. And I'm wondering where that might go in the future um, if, if they prey on that a little bit more or play on that a little bit more or if there's some DLC or a future game where he might become a bit of a bit of an antagonist, a bit of a foil to, to our leads. Next game you play as Sindri, it's him taking his vengeance upon the giants. Yeah, who knows? It wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't mm. surprise me if there's a bit of a bit of a villain arc there for Sindri because yeah, he's he's broken after uh, saying goodbye to Brock for for a second time and not being able to bring him back this yeah. time as well. So yeah, and then um, another big moment uh, leading up to the the final uh, big battle at Asgard there is where you are uh, yeah creating Ragnarok. You you, you go to uh, the the fire realm. I can't remember what it's called off the top of my Muscle, head. I'm, I'm blanking. Musselheim. Why couldn't it just be Sydney, Melbourne, Canberra or something? Some of the wording, <laughs> like I get it, I know. I'm a bogan, but it is what it is. But yes, um, convincing um, Suda, who is the the fire giant there, to uh, help bring on bring around Ragnarok. That moment's really cool. And then mm. going through that situation where he doesn't want to, um, you know, because he has to combine with his beloved, who's another giant that's in one of the other realms in hiding. He doesn't want to combine with her because it will mean the end of her. So he sacrifices himself in a way and gets creative with the Blades of Chaos, does some more, um, you know, God magic to make it happen. And Mm. it's just a really cool moment where you are in this like a multiverse-esque dreamscape going on and you're in amongst the space and the stars. And it's really cool. It's a really, really funky bit of uh, environment that's unlike everything else in the game. Yeah, the the moment where you're like oh this is it this is happening this is ragnarok like that's pretty pretty insane and the the visual like the reds and blues of that place it was very like i don't know end game guardians of the galaxy there was something about that that was just very uh spacey and, and sci-fi cool yeah i really i really dug that like yeah that zone essentially that you go into is really really cool um <clears throat> It's, it's and it's just uh, really cool. The whole jamming the daggers into the heart thing that was just I, I found that whole spot there really mm. just awesome moment. Um, it's kind of a shame that you don't spend any more time with that character or anything yeah. like that. Like if there wasn't anything else prior to that, even if it was like from, something from say 2018's God of War or something like that, that kind of gave you a little bit more attachment to that character but um that said it it again it, it, this game's so huge like I, how much extra do we need to chuck in there yeah it was it was cool it was uh i think he um setting that moment up was probably just the right amount of time mm. the the battle with those two <laughs> valkyries though um in that moment like you guys were saying it was pretty pretty easy peasy but uh, I clearly i needed to get good because uh it, like i i did it in in the second go around but um the first one it was tough because they kept you know recharging their health and whatever else and i'm like come on rinse repeat rinse repeat piss off with this nonsense let me just fight you to the yeah. death one time oh uh, maybe because i'm just an asshole and i throw the axe every chance i get i wasn't letting them recharge and i can't remember like that. if that was one where i went into it with half health so i might have just quickly died so they could mm. get the full health and then had 
no problems, but... Oh, I know what it is. I've got the relic uh, where you shoot out, like, the three bolts of Bifrost. Oh, yeah. So I use that to, like, do interrupts and things like that. And so I'd always... And the wolves uh, that Atreus has that you can summon the group, the pack of wolves, that th- that was really, really powerful. I'm kind of pissed I don't have that in the <laughs> game to fight the Berserkers, to be honest with you. Yeah, I was getting smacked around there, and that also was stressing me out because I had to press the the X button to pick up the, the healing items instead yeah. of just auto collecting them. So, uh, yeah, it was it was. I had a few boss fights in this game where it got to the end where it was like either they hit me first and I'm dead, or I hit them first here and they're dead. Like we both had a uh, yeah a tiny little pittance left, and that bloody dual Valkyrie one was one of it. But it was sick. And then also, um, equally as sick or as awesome or as radical as the kids might say, mm. is that final siege where you are bringing all the realms together to do battle against Asgard. Yeah. Uh, clearly, a lot of those other realms can't really fight to save their life because they're getting whooped straight off the bat. Like all these armies yeah. are like, yeah, we're reuniting all the people. It's going to be awesome. And then you're like, well, that gate's down. They're all dead. That gate's down. Now Not it's just now. me and an axe. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, and then Sindri comes along and he whoops yeah. ass. It did have that end game kind of feel of like it's all in, like everyone's here, but it didn't feel like you were in a like a on the battlefield. It was like yeah, it was it felt like you were a one man army, yeah. and other people would elsewhere doing their thing. And I think that was um, it was a misstep too leading up to that where he's like, oh, "All right, Freya, I'll be your general." And he has this big speech, but it's in front of like five people. Like he yeah. should have had that speech somehow like broadcast across <laughs> the realms through mm. space television or something. I don't know. But like he was like this big, like we're going to do this. But it was in front of like his son, his pseudo potentially future third <laughs> wife. I don't know what will happen there. And a couple of Valkyries. I'm like, it's cool, but I want <laughs> this big grand scale. And we didn't get it in that battle to the level I was hoping for. Yeah. And that music... Those three notes again, oh. so good. Yeah, oh, just uh, gets the tip tingling every single time, boys. And the, every the music single in that time. siege as well, even if it wasn't as epic as it could have been, like the music itself was so good to push you through it. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it was very, very special. Like, um, yeah, can't speak highly enough of the... Uh, the work that uh, Bear McCreary did uh, yeah. composing that. So uh, yeah, it was awesome. Um, any other any other sort of um, favorite moments, big moments we wanted to sort of throw there? We've got one I think that's going to be probably synonymous with this whole I experience with that for, father for, from son continuing bond. on that final siege. It was that um, uh, I guess that the, the final sequence of fighting Thor, having Thor like yeah decide. Thor decides to turn yeah, against Odin. And even like the moment. Again, again, another scene where it's like, should be seeing Thor's face <laughs> yeah. here. And then yeah. just prior to that, the moment where Throod and uh, Sif decided that they were going to allow you to pass through because they were on your side. Yeah, because Sif's seeing all the Midgardians getting hurt and things like that. So she decides that, no, this has gone on too far. Yeah. And then, you know, destroying the mask and Odin, fighting Odin and. Sindri being the one to like, you know, kind of uh, flagged like, uh, what's the word? Like foreshadowed earlier with Heimdall, where he just would refuse to, mm. um, you know, wave the white flag. And Kratos, or I guess in this term time, it was Atreus that gave him a chance to say, "I yield," and this will be the end of it. 
And he said, basically, yeah. I, I, I'll never stop. And Atreus says something like, I wish he didn't say that. And then takes yeah. his soul. So he yeah. captures him in one of his uh, giant magic marbles. And then mm. Atreus and Kratos hand that marble to Freya because they don't want to take the choice away from her. This is her, yeah. um, this is her vengeance or this is her healing moment that they think she might need to become whole again and move forward. But then she realizes that killing him is not going to make things any better. So she lets it go and there's a pause and they think that, uh, that marble's just going to go into the old uh, marble sack. And then Sindri goes, not on my watch, grabs it and smashes it with his magical hammer. And uh, Odin is dead and shattered into a million pieces. It was a cool moment. I loved it. I love that sort of, no, nah, I'm good. There's enough killing. I'm healing here. And then Frey did the same, but Sindri said, no, no, yeah. no. I, I, I appreciate <laughs> that it um, gave Kratos, Atreus, and Freya their closure and moments of, you know, where the bigger person or however you might want to look at it. And then Sindri, who's still very much in grief and um, mourning and, and experiencing the loss of his brother, he's just like, my, my arc isn't finished yet. Bang. <laughs> I'm just getting started. Mm, yeah. yeah. It was so great. And yeah, like, uh, yeah, it makes me wonder what's going to happen down mm. the line with that character because he looks, uh, it's getting very um, Schmeagle, Gollum yeah. sort of vibe going on Lord of the Rings where he's uh, he's now on a tear. and Especially when you start getting into the end game stuff and you go to Brock's funeral yeah. and you get you, essentially the second ending with the second roll credits and... Even after that, like Sindri's still wearing the same armor, the blood's like Brock's blood's still splattered all over it, the sleeve's still torn, and everything from the fight at Ragnarok. Um, he's he is a broken, broken man, and mm. even after the funeral, he's just like the same. He's still broken. He he doesn't forgive yep. anyone yet. Yep. Um, so I'm curious to see what happens there. Yeah, I'm very excited. Uh, any, any other moments we want to sort of throw out or should we maybe flip that script and look the, at some the, negative the stuff? The other endgame moment is if you go back to Alfheim uh, outside the canyons there, you get a nice little touching moment with Thrud and the hammer and saying that to her dad that I'll do you proud essentially and then picks up the hammer and then just flies off into the sky <laughs> all Thor style. So that that's actually just yeah. another really cool little moment. There's a few yeah. nice little endgame moments like that that make it worth exploring. Yeah. So yeah, now let's get into... Yeah. The gripes. Like, there's obviously more about the ending that we're going to talk about, but we'll get some negative stuff out of the way mm-hmm. first. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to just scattershot mine here. Um, the picking fruit from when you're just rowing around in the boat, which is a different picking fruit <laughs> that uh, you guys mentioned earlier, that irked me. And the other part mm-hmm. that, that's my gripe really is, is just through my own idiocy. And it was, <laughs> yeah, trying to interact with those green health orbs during very tense combat-based scenes, it was I understand often a your struggle. frustrations because I had that. I didn't have that feature turned on either at the start, and I, I turned it on later because it was annoying the crap out of me because I remembered it. Yeah, so, I did yeah. not have that turned on at all, but uh, shame on me because mm. I'm an idiot. But mm. uh, yeah, there, there's some minor gripes because uh, yeah, just uh, just made my um, playthrough a little bit more difficult and stressful than it needed to be. So, um, Jono, you've probably got the biggest list here. Uh, regarding least favorite moments and gripes. So uh, okay. come on, Negative Nelly. How sure. about you? So I'm, I mentioned like the dragging sections. That was mostly just the 
Yak and the fruit in, in Jotunheim. But there, there was a couple other points where it felt like the momentum of this journey was being sucked out by side quests. And we've talked about that enough. I don't need to, to go into it. Yeah. Um, there's something that I'm calling the Sophia issue. And that's a throwback to our last spoiler cast on Plague Tale Requiem, where you had this badass character walking alongside you who refused to engage in any combat. And I felt like that they were finding ways to um, reduce the amount of, of uh, you know, AI and processing they had to, to do by coming up with reasons that, okay, first tier's not going to fight because he's a pacifist. Um, so it, it, all these times... Well, really? Yeah, well, all these times the tears with you, it, yeah. he's not going to do anything. He's just going to be there, even though he's yeah. a god of war. And then you've got Thor with you, and Thor's like... I'm not going to do anything because I'm Thor and I'll just watch you do it. But then occasionally he just goes, you know what? I'm bored or I'm sobering up. Yeah. And he just like swings that hammer once and just badoosh. Yeah. And there's just <laughs> death and destruction everywhere. I love yeah, that. Occasionally. But um, yeah, there was a few times that, and, and then also with um, Freya, you know, she turns into the eagle or whatever. And it's like, okay. And again, mm-hmm. they're just removing one of the, the companions from from battle <clears throat> i get that it's a game dev thing but it was just a little transparent it, w- it would have been fun to see more than just two characters fighting at once but anyway just a, as we said it's a nitpick um the ragnarok itself it was such a epic uh thing to you know <clears throat> to create this monster by shoving the blades into this dude's heart. And then mm. he kind of was a non-factor. He was just kind of a distraction. It's like, actually, we don't want you to wreck Roughshot. We want you to sit back because you're causing too much damage. And then uh, it's going to take Freya, not Freya, but Freya, out of the uh, equation for this whole sequence. And... And it was yeah. undone just so easily with, well, I guess it was a sacrifice of Freya's life to somehow end it. But I, I... No, they, they didn't end it. Like, it still happened. Like, the whole Ragnarok thing was yeah, like Asgard Asgard's always... Gone. Asgard <laughs> is perishing. But, um, yeah, Freya sacrificed himself to allow them enough time to, to get through the realm portal that right. um, Agrabodo Okay, so up. Ragnarok is still happening, but only in Asgard. Well, it's happened. So Asgard, okay. happened. done. Because that was the whole thing. So when they went to the temple in um, Alfheim the first time with Tyr, who they they discovered the prophecy is not about Ragnarok destroying all the realms. It just destroys Asgard. Asgard, right. yep. Hence, and then obviously because Odin's Tyr, Odin learns that fact at the same mm. time as the audience and our yep. heroes. Okay, yeah, no, I, I'll retract yeah. that then. That makes sense. Um, Just confused me a little bit the the, the, the one no, story no. thing that i had a bit of an issue with and thought they could have done a little bit more with was for a good chunk of this game the focus is on these prophecies and the idea of mm. avoiding the, the prophecy even going back to uh 2018 you know we, we see kratos dead that's the thing that it's building towards and that's what loki wants to avoid ah but we assume it's Kratos that's dead. We do. It's actually Odin lying in Loki's arms 
as per the end scene where he's casting the spell to suck his soul out and put it into the oh. marble. Is that obvious or is that That's, you've j- No, it's not super obvious. I I looked into it and I went back a little sure. bit on it as well, but yeah, it that's where it is because you look at it and it's literally it's an old man. It's not actually showing that it's crap. It's just an old old dude with a beard. Right. I do love that those um those magical paintings that mm. that foretell the future like they're like a single, like, you know, a, a pain from a comic book. Like, and there's not no. a ton of detail, but no. like people are able to interpret them to such a level that this is yeah. happening and you're dying and you're this. And it's like, that could be any Joe Schmo. <laughs> the ones where they're showing like, oh, it's Tyr leading the armies, blah, blah, blah. Or all this sort of stuff. This is like an early one before they find Tyr. And like, there's a, there's a god standing there with a spear. It's like, well, hang on. You actually get a spear during the game, so it's Kratos. That's it's a god of <coughs> war that's leading the army with a spear. It's not Tyr. It's yeah. another. See, all that stuff's really cool, but I think that they didn't do a good job of emphasizing it, explaining, explaining it. it, but also yeah. playing with your expectations. Where after <coughs> Heimdall was was killed by Kratos, I never got a moment where it was like, "Is Kratos going to die?" And for the whole thirty-five hours before the final sequence, which happened at forty-two hours for me, my whole expectation was Kratos can't die. But they're gonna—it's gonna be interesting how they make us think that that's gonna happen, Mm. and then they avoid it because that's the prophecy, and that's what Atreus is here to try and avoid. But everything he's done has brought upon what he was trying to avoid. It's that whole Hamlet like self fulfilling prophecy thing. So. How is is Kratos going to die and get revived? Is 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 he going to get saved at, right at the last minute? And it's going to become this huge thing of like, oh, your your destiny isn't sealed because we've avoided the prophecy at the last second. Mm. And I really thought that it was going there. And I I don't have an issue with the fact that they um went in a different direction, but I just thought they would make more mm. of it or reference it. But it was kind of like they just yeah threw the prophecies out the window at a certain point. And they never even went like, oh, I guess the prophecies aren't true. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they could have done a little bit more to explain like where the differences were, what happens is in the prophecies are. Especially when Angra Boda was like, you can't beat the prophecy. Like, it's going to happen. Like, she yeah, said yeah, that yeah. explicitly when you went to Jotunheim and then half the stuff exactly. didn't seem to happen. It didn't didn't take much for her to just change the tune and go. You know what? This is just like reading a horoscope. I it's all my, you interpret I can write my own ending. You know, just, yeah. <laughs> like I'm twelve. Um, what do I know? But like the one thing I was just going to say is that there was um like I I found like me as the audience I didn't feel like Kratos was going to die, but I think Kratos there's the moment before like the night before they um uh go to Ragnarok yep. essentially when they're sleeping in the tent he tells Atreus the story and I I think he thinks in his mind. That he's still going to die at the end of this? I thought he was going to die. I thought they were going to kill him off at the I end. I knew they wouldn't because there was so much stuff that I hadn't done yet in the end game. Yeah, well, that was part of what my thinking was. Like, how the yeah. fuck do I finish this game? I was like, they're not giving the blades <laughs> of chaos to Atreus. I'm not, it's not gonna, they're not going to do a Red yeah. Dead Redemption on me. No, I thought that's exactly yeah. where they were going to go. Was, um, yeah. yeah. I, I, I thought they might, Atreus but I was like, is the man. Uh, I don't know about that. Mm. But yeah. Anyway, yeah, that was uh, something that I wish they handled a little differently. Not that I have an overall issue with where they went. It's just these kind of uh, hanging threads that weren't uh, closed off. I'm, I'm mixing my metaphors here, mm. but you know, they they didn't uh, 
they didn't address all the things that I felt popped up throughout the story, especially, you know, maybe they were red herrings, but they didn't really emphasize yeah. if they were. Well, I, I think you're right. They could have emphasized a little bit more if they were red herrings and, and like gave some more explanation on them. And maybe that's something they should be doing more in the end game when you're running around with Freya and yeah. Mimir. Because I don't think I've, I've found that so much through Freya and Mimir. I've just found it from like reading what other people have said on the, online, mm. essentially. Um, so, yeah, it's just one of those things where I think they could have explained that a little bit better, at least in the end game storytelling. Uh, in using that uh, travel storytelling that they do so very well during the rest of the game as well. Yeah, well, let's um, let's sort of shift to that end game and the ending and what we can hypothesize about what's next for this franchise. Is this one and done after these two games? Is there a third one on the way? What do we think may or may not happen? I'm like, I, I thought for sure, yeah, Kratos was gonna was gonna die and Atreus would become the focal point. And he could still become the focal point of this franchise, whether it be renamed to something else, because, yeah, obviously, Atreus is not God of War. Mm. But I feel there may be another time jump again where maybe we get, uh, you know, 20-something Atreus doing his thing, and you get a game with that, whether it be uh, a third game in this this sort of current series just disregarding the, obviously all the other games that came before it. We're just talking 2018 mm. onwards, but I feel we've got a third one on there. Maybe we do get more of this um, heroic Kratos, obviously on that last uh, vision board that um, Angerbotus shows him and he looks on the back of it mm. and Kratos is finally getting worshipped because that's one thing that's a constant through this game <clears throat> where Kratos never has any followers. Everyone's terrified of the God of War. He's a, he's a bad dude for the most part, but that final panel on that door when it opens up is a group of people worshipping him. So maybe we do get a third one where he's just still building the the nine realms back up and uniting the people and and whatever else. But I personally feel we're probably going to get Atreus maybe taking more of a lead in this role. Like the roles will be reversed where you might still have some stuff with Kratos, but Atreus will be front and center moving forward if they do make a third game in this series yeah well the balrog's already come out saying it's a um duology essentially this this god of war is at least anyway the the norse era like they've said on the record that this is the last of the norse games and that makes sense because like there's yeah every loose end apart from you know the lack of the prophecies being completely fulfilled has been tied off as far as Mm. like who's the threat now yeah, so I mean, it kind of forebode a little bit to being a. They've hinted at Egypt a few times, just with 2018. There's references to the Nile and stuff like that in Tears Temple. Uh, in this one, I found an artifact which was from what they call it. I think they called it the Riverlands or something, uh, which I, I'm assuming they're referencing to the Nile um, in Egypt there. So I, you know, there's there's sort of that ancient mythology with ancient Egypt and things like that there that could potentially be spun off on. Um, so, and I think there's also references to some sort of Asian mythology uh, from Tears Temple in 2018 version as well. So maybe that's where they could go, uh, whether that's with Kratos or with Atreus slash Loki, uh, whichever way you want to go with it. I, I'm not entirely sure, but that would be my assumption. Uh, given the strength of this franchise and how well, especially 2018 and this game, have 
have done uh, from a critical standpoint as well as a, a, a um, let's let's face it, this, the, these games are making money hand over fist. Sony's going to want another one. They're going to want oh, another yeah. one eventually. Whether, like, it, the- whether it's another five years from now or not, I, I don't know. But they're going to want another God of War because they know it's going to make money. Oh, yeah. Like 23 million copies the 2018 game sold. And yeah. this one they were saying in the first sort of couple of weeks of sale-out data, this is trending in a direction to potentially usurp that in the coming, well, coming years. How so. many people got a free copy of uh, 2018's God of War thanks to PlayStation? Plus, What's the one that called it when you get you buy the PS5? You PlayStation get access Plus to the, collection. You get a version there and then PlayStation Plus now you can play it for f- free. I use quotation marks for that. Um, but yeah, so I, there's there's a lot of other people that all get access to this game and be exposed to it in varying ways mm. too. So it, it's, it's one, one of the biggest IPs in the world. Like yeah. they'd be silly not to try and get they're more make, blood out a, of this stone. What is, was it a Prime Video, Netflix, whichever one it is, they're making a, a show for this one as well. So I wouldn't be surprised, you know, it, it, they have to be announcing something within the next several years that there's another game. Got to yeah, coming. I think... And I'm not sad about it. Would you be sad no, about it, um, JP? I have a curiosity of what San- Sony Santa Monica could do outside of this because that's just... I kind of hope they do something different. Yeah, I mean, that's personally. like the thing with these big studios. Like, I love The Last of Us and I love The Last of Us Part 2 and I'm going to love Factions. Mm. Um, but what could Naughty Dog do if they weren't making an Uncharted or a Last of Us game? Like, that's mm. such a mystery and curiosity. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'd love to see what else they have up their sleeves i you look at gorilla they did kill zone and went from kill zone yeah. to horizon and it's yeah. it's the same thing i i know uh there's a podcast i can't remember where i heard i think it was kind of funny or something but they were saying that you know gorilla or before they really kicked off into god of war they had a cancelled sci-fi game that they were working on too maybe they could revisit that like a sci-fi game for santa monica mm. that you know that Corey could be working on a leading, you know, the very story based. They, and they said they're driven. working on like multiple different games at the there moment. Yeah, Corey's like, the yeah. director of some other game. We know that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think I'd like to see Santa Monica do something different first and release something different first. Uh, yeah, I think that's the, that'll be, yeah. I think that's probably the plan. I've had to guess, like, in the same way that um, it feels like Naughty Dog have gone into the last of us direction and they will come back and do an uncharted game at some point in the next five years, I reckon personally. Yeah. And I think that that would be a wise thing to do, especially if they do take this tact of making Atreus, the protagonist, there's a big time jump there. Yeah. It makes sense to wait a bit longer. I think that that would be the way to play it where, you know, Kratos's story. He, he basically has closure from what I can sense like he's raised a son that's able to take care of himself you know he's mourned he's mourned his loss of his wife he's not gonna you know what's he gonna do like marry Freya and have kids and then like and then like we gotta raise them up like it it would you have to be introducing new drama that's not there at the moment whereas Ragnarok Mm. picked up from the last game that finished with plenty of stuff to build upon where Kratos now has pretty much no story that needs to be pursued. So it yeah. is all about Atreus and his pursuit of the giants and his identity and the mysteries of, of this world and this realm. But I can see 
them doing something where, yeah, so, yeah, like what you said, Atreus finds his way into a different uh, realm or a different um, Mm. mythology, and, of course, Kratos will show up as an older god he's probably he probably doesn't die of old age when you're a god i'm guessing that's part of the deal um yeah immortality baby (laughs) and i think that's that you know that that uh, reunion could be something to build a game around Mm. i i think that um the way the game ended you know we're, we're also talking about the ending here kratos saying loki will go atreus remains that was such a beautiful moment between those two as father and son building upon like the idea that they established previously of like, wherever you go, like I'll have your voice in my head. Um, because I know you yeah. so well in, in my, my yeah, heart. In my thank heart. you very much. He's- um, and <laughs> that's such a beautiful thing. Like, uh, like I haven't lost a parent or anyone that's that I know so well that I could imagine exactly what they would be saying to me in any moment. But I feel like it has to be some kind of comfort to be able to go like, you know, if mum was here, this is what she'd say and it will be, <clears throat> it'll make me smile or whatever mm. it is. So it feels like they've separated without intention of necessarily meeting up again anytime soon. And that's Loki becoming an adult, essentially. But um, yeah, I, I think that building a game around Atreus would probably be the way to go and you can't call it god of mischief it has to be like god of war colon something else still mm. yeah i don't know what the naming convention will be but god of war yeah. 2026 Son of god <laughs> just of quickly war. circling back yeah that um <laughs> just those father-son moments were mm. they they really got me I, I lost my old man a few years ago and mm. he he was as um shortly spoken as Kratos a lot of the time he didn't uh, mince words and you know wasn't a very emotional guy but seeing seeing um Kratos sort of let that guard down as the game progressed and that last hug he had big hug with the Atreus and you could big see hug. like the the lip quiver and um you know that like I don't know if it was a solitary tear or there was just some welling of the eyes but those those parts or any of those moments where there was just, you know, there was chaos and pain all around them, but then they had these just closed off insulated moments where there was things said or a hug or, you know, he put his hand on his shoulder when they were sort of sleeping in the war camp uh, just before they went to Asgard. Those little moments got me really, really, really good. And, um, yeah, I'm all for it. So give me, give me more of this. Give me Atreus becoming more of a man. Yeah, I don't know what they'll call the game, but... Um, yeah, there's more coming. We'll see Santa Monica branch off and do a few other things and circle back on this between now and 2030, mm-hmm. I'd imagine. Yep. All right, well, let's um, let, let's sort of share our, our last words on Ragnarok. Uh, it's funny because talking about leading into recording this, we're like, we'll keep this tight. We'll keep it concise. <laughs> we'll try and roll this out in, you know, 60 to 75 minutes or so. No, and here we it's are. It's too big a game. It's, it's just massive. It's easy to just gush and gush and gush about it. You guys just talk too bloody much with all your hate speech about you <laughs> crawling under rocks and pressing this button for that and whatever. Uh, but no, it, we, I think even now we've been talking for just a shade under two hours and 20 minutes and we're still barely scratching the surface. Like there's yeah. so many things we could 
uncover and unpack and explore mm-hmm. and we're not but we're just sort of being mindful of time here and my last word on Ragnarok is as simple as this it's as perfect a game as you'll play this year or any other so that's my last word on God of War Ragnarok Benny what you got for me uh pretty much I've been saying it through the whole thing this game is deceptively big it's epic on every scale um it it literally is, and I, I used to describe it earlier, but it's the end game uh, for video games, essentially. Mm-hmm. It, it, this game just feels big in every moment. Uh, even the parts that do drag on, like the, you feel like there's bigger stuff happening in the background. Um, hence why you feel it drags on a little bit, because you want to get back to the big stuff that's happening in the background. This this game is 100% worthy of Game of the Year t- uh, contender and title um it's it it is a masterpiece of the game yeah yeah um so there's a quote that was rolling through my head the whole time not the whole time but often when i was playing this game and it's uh from our friend andy bernard on the office when he said uh i wish there was a way to know that you were in the good old days when you were still in them and the whole time i was playing just because of how good god of war 2018 was I was just cherishing mm. every moment in this game because I knew that it was special before I played it. Uh, that's why I didn't watch any of the trailers. That's why I was so excited for it <clears throat> and keeping like a, a spot empty on my game of the year list because I knew it was going to go straight to the top and it has. Um, I knew as I was yep. playing it, like we're going to be talking about this game for years to come. We're going to be thinking about this game. We're going to be comparing other games to it. So because of that, the way that I enjoyed this game was so much more amplified and appreciated. Uh, And, you know, I finished it and I thought to myself, I've probably still got a good 10 hours left. Maybe I've got 15, maybe I've got more. Depends how quick I am or... Yeah, so, you know, (laughs) even as we're sitting here talking, I want to get off the recording and you know, <clears throat> clear out a, f- a few more Odin's Ravens or Nornir chests or... Throw them all in the bin. Those I stupid really Ravens. I get back to it and appreciate this while I've, I've got it because it's, you know, it's it's such a long game that I am i don't know if I will go back and play it again like I played God of War 2018 mm. last year as kind of a primer for this. Maybe I'll, I'll play it again one day, but um, yeah, just, just enjoy it, cherish it. We've all got many more hours left to play in this game so just yeah just enjoy every little crumb of that uh giant donut and every sprinkle that falls off just don't let any of them get away very well said i did say last word not uh last new testament there john but appreciate all the wording that is uh bang on the money it is such a special game and uh yeah Take the time to explore every nook and cranny and listen to every interaction and story that uh, plays out in front of your eyes most of the times, very goddamn effortlessly and naturally, which I love. So yeah, God of War Ragnarok 94 currently on Metacritic is uh, a short odds favorite for many game of the year lists all around the place, especially probably here at 8-Bit. But uh Listeners, that does bring us to the official end of God of War Ragnarok spoiler cast edition. Uh, be sure to rate, review, subscribe us and all the other podcasts you listen to on the regular on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Those ratings and reviews help keep the emotional lights on in our hearts. 
Be sure to follow us as a whole at We Are 8-Bit on the socials. Follow me at Brendan8Bit. Follow Jono at Jono himself and follow Benny at BenMCJ on them socials. But boys, it's been an absolute pleasure wielding this microphone-shaped axe, blades, (laughs) spear, shield, whatever weapon of choice we had here, but it's all powered by Audio-Technica, the best in audio-based equipment. But until next time, listeners, may your life be spoiler-free. Boy. Boy. Boy.